So, Berto, have you seen the Han Solo movie? Have you seen it? Yes. Would you like to talk about it? I I would. Or, or should we do it solo or duo? Let's do duo. Okay. Let's do a duo solo. Okay. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. And when I was growing up, Luke Skywalker was my favorite character. Berto? <laughs> Yeah, you know, when, when you were growing up... Oh, wait, am I supposed to introduce myself? Yeah. My name is Humberto Castaneda, and when I was growing up, my favorite character was Han Solo. But I didn't realize that Luke Skywalker got his name because one day he walked in the sky. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, was was Han really your favorite character? Yeah. yeah. Really? No, yeah, I, Luke was by far my favorite character. I... I think I grew up really just liking virtuous, lawful, good characters, you know, <laughs> people who were like, that's why I think I was really attracted to Paul McCartney over yeah. John Lennon. I mean, I certainly love John Lennon and right. love his songs and George Harrison, even Ringo. But um, there's something about the sweet guy that I always wanted to be like, I think. Well, you know, What's interesting, I mean, obviously, I had a lot of affection for pretty much all the characters of the main ones, anyways. Uh, and I had several of the toys and things like that. The thing that really, really nailed the uh, coffin shut for me was the Han Solo outfit in Hoth. I thought it was so cool. Well, it was pretty similar to Luke's. No, but no, no, because Luke had the beige colors and he had the little scarf around and stuff. Han had like like the fluffy, uh, what do you call it? The fluffies around his um, hood. Hood, and it was the blue, like dark blue, navy blue jacket with the. It was so cool. Uh, so Solo, a Star Wars story, came out May of 2018. Kind of an odd choice, right? And honestly, I think probably hurt their numbers. I think if if they if this movie came out in December, I think it would have done a lot more number wise. Right, I was because it was wondering. so soon after the last Star Wars movie. Yeah, I was wondering why they released it at an odd time because they don't have another one coming out in the fall, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah we have to wait until December nineteen for odd. for Episode nine. Like, right. why May? It's very weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. I wonder if they were thinking, let's experiment and see. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Uh, directed by Ron Howard. Well, a, he finally, was really. second yeah. director. Uh, he, he took over from, I can't remember the other guy's name, uh, but another prominent director. Uh, produced by Catherine, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, written by the Kasdan Brothers, starring Alden uh, Ehrenreich. Woody Harrelson and Amelia Clark. Uh, what's your rating for this? We we already talked about. So you saw it. Uh, I think opening night. I uh, was too busy moving. I couldn't see it. And and you had told me you were like, well, it's sort of a a seven in some ways and eight in another ways. Yeah. And I was pretty encouraged by that. Uh, but yeah. then I heard a bunch of other bad things about it. So then I had really low expectations. What what number would you still say? I think. Uh, in retrospect, I, I will probably settle on a seven. Okay. I would give it an eight. I gave it an eight. Yeah. Because I just love Star Wars stuff, one, and have always loved. I love the cartoons. Yeah. I love, uh, I mean, I say I like episode one, two, and three. I 
I've seen every movie in the theater. I mean, how many people can say that, really? Yeah, right. You know, I, I saw Star Wars. That's, that's crazy. You saw all of them so far in the theater. Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw I saw Star Wars when I was six in, <laughs> in Spokane, Washington, in the theater. I saw Empire opening weekend with my family. By the way, supposedly I've seen them all in the theater too. Yeah, because my dad says he took me to Star Wars. But you were like three. I don't remember it. I remember Empire was the first one I remember seeing in the theater. Yeah, when I was a kid, uh, but I went as Luke during you know for Halloween when I was nine. <laughs> when I was nine, and my friend went as Boba Fett. Nice. And uh, and I did it by cobbling together. My brother had taken karate classes, and so he had he had one of those <laughs> he, had a gi. he had one of those white geese, and then he had a white belt. So I used that, and then uh, I I think I had like a a some sort of um, I had a flashlight. I think as a, as a as, as a, a lightsaber, and then I I think I just had like a wood branch that was sort of in the shape of a of a gun <laughs> as my gun. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny to think that in the, f- my takeaway from episode one and kind of episode two was that Luke still had a gun. Like you don't think yes. of, you don't think of Luke right. Skywalker having a blaster. Well, if you think empire, you certainly do. Cause he's, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely blastering it up yeah. in episode one and or episode four and five. Yeah. I mean, even when he goes to cloud city, right. He's, you know, he's, he's wandering the halls with his blaster out. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird to think. It's like you're a Jedi. Like, pull out that, you know, that lightsaber. Um, how much did this movie cost, do you think? Uh, so- oh. Solo. Let's uh, say $150 million. Uh, $250. $250. Yeah, I think $150 would be really low. Really low nowadays. Yeah. For a, a big movie sure. like this. But... But you're probably thinking, well, it didn't look that expensive. Yeah, it didn't look that yeah, expensive. Yeah, because it, it didn't look that expensive. There weren't that many different settings, for example. I mean, other than the CGI settings. But you know how, like, like outdoors-wise, they were in, well, yeah. no, They, they were in a lot of settings. I mean, really? you know, yeah, the, the train robbery was like looked like the Alps or something. Oh, uh, I guess you're right. They, Maybe I'm uh, not thinking about this correctly i mean certainly there's a lot of cgi quote-unquote settings yeah. but um but is that what drives uh budgets is well they setting? have to transfer all the uh the whole production over to wherever it is and you know i wonder i wonder what what sort of things are like in terms of rank what really drives up the cost because obviously better cgi costs a lot yeah the number of scenes you know you'll hear producers talk about this movie has you know, 5,000 scenes or 5,000 shots, I yeah. should say, where essentially it's a, it's a, you know, a shot might be like five seconds of film that's shot from a particular angle. And every shot, you know, that you do requires all this time yeah. and effort. And, and so I, I wonder what it is. Is it CGI? Is it location? Is it, is it um, personnel? Yeah. Is it, um, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I, I just have to imagine that that going to a, a remote location like the desert, like Tunisia and stuff like that, is is expensive. Well, especially you if you are sh- bringing a whole production. Yeah, like lots yeah. of different 
elements, you right. know. Because Insta- it wasn't like one scene with one actor that was like a side story. Right. Like all the main actors and actresses are there. Right. And and also if you have huge set pieces like yeah. a real Millennium Falcon. And right. <laughs> right. All that kind of stuff. Uh, box office. So it's early June. What do you think it's done so far in box office? Mm. So it's a Star Wars movie, right? It, worldwide, it's done... Three hundred million. Oh, good. Uh, uh, Two hundred and eighty million. Disappointing so far. It's weird. Uh, very strange. Uh, I, you know, it it doesn't should have been about five hundred by now. Well, so yeah. I mean, uh, it's a, a last Jedi, uh, um, Force Awakens. These movies broke records yeah. in terms of first weekend, in terms of you know overall yep. ticket sales. And and Han Solo is a beloved character. I mean, Rogue One it should, in terms of like its its selling properties, didn't have what I would think a Han Solo movie would have. You yeah. Know? So I think there's a lot of weird things. I and but I totally understand because this was the first Star Wars movie of of recent that I didn't see opening night. Yeah. I mean the the uh uh episode 8 I saw opening night and the and next the, yeah. you know I saw opening night uh and then I saw the next night with you. Dude, I I I this is the first Star Wars movie ever that I considered not seeing in the theater. Wow. Before I saw it. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like I think it, I think it was a combination of I mean cuz Rogue One had this had very similar press. In terms of it right. having several right. reshoots, but I didn't care because it, I didn't. So the, the, for me, and I think this isn't true of everyone, but it was a large segment of the Star Wars fan fan base. There, uh, we didn't ask for a Han Solo prequel for one, and and two. When we saw the preview, we were like, "That's not Han, Han Solo." Well, I didn't watch the previews at all. Yeah, so. so I think if you had watched the preview, it was clear like. That's not Han Solo. Yeah. Because I, I will say in the movie, it's actually not as big of a problem as it was in the preview. In the preview, he has very few talking lines. And what you do see, you're like, it doesn't sound like him. It doesn't look like him. Where's the personality? They barely are even showing me Han Solo. What the fuck is going on here? Interesting. And then there's this whole other part that I, I'm obviously not a part of. A whole host of people that are boycotting Star Wars right now because they're so angry at the social justice warriorism of what they perceive to be Kathleen Kennedy. Right. So so I think the but for me, even though I love Star Wars movies, even though with Rogue One saw it opening yeah. night, I too wasn't champing at the bit to see this. Right. And I just think it's I think it's a lot of things. I think Avengers Infinity War was yep. I think just a few weeks before. And Deadpool 2. And Deadpool 2 came out at the same time. One week before or okay. something like that, yeah. And those are, I mean, in terms of press and importance culturally, uh, in some ways, strangely bigger movies than a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, the fact that I just saw a Star Wars movie, you know, because uh, Last Jedi comes out, I watch it a few times, you know. Yeah. I, I watch it. Yeah. Uh, a couple times in the theater, and then when it comes out on yeah. on demand or something, I watch it. It feels at home. recent, yeah. And so there was that, and um, also I was moving. You know, <laughs> I was moving my home and my office, and so it was kind of hard for me to sort of plan all that in my mind. 
Um, but I think I think there's just a lot of unnamed factors that yeah. led to this having multiple reasons why people just did not go to see this movie. Now, having said that, 280 million in the first what two weeks? Yeah, I guess yeah. It's just been two weeks. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, we're talking how many more millions are going to make in the next two weeks? Yeah, it's still making its money back. How many more millions is it going to make over time? But I will say that, and that's important to note, it has not yet made its money back because the the figure you quoted did not include all the advertisement spend. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Right. So, so uh, it brings up a lot of interesting questions about the future, which we'll get into later. Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think it got? 70. A 71. Man, okay. you are on fire. <laughs> uh, audience Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think it got? Oh. So these are the... Ooh, that's a good question. So, re- so whenever people talk about audience Rotten Tomatoes, they act as if this is the, uh, the, the general... The audience, right. Yeah, but <laughs> as I said during Last Jedi, when we talked about it, peop- the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is a, a, the average rating of people who have an account on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and who happen to have seen it early and who have happened to actually go on to Rotten Tomatoes and review the movie. Okay. Of which I don't know a single human being who does that. I don't know <laughs> I don't know anyone in my life who has a Rotten Tomatoes. Right, right, right. Who who has a Rotten Tomatoes account? Right. And why? Why would you have an account on Rotten Tomatoes? Because you're one of the sixty percent that liked Solo. Oh, good. 65. Oh, okay. So I think when it first came out, it was like 50 or it was okay, lower. And it un- and it, yeah. Which, by the way, I do believe, uh, I hate to say this, but look, even even people that were boycotting it because they were so upset at the previous movies, uh, social justice warriorism or whatever, uh, I think that when they finally watched it, I, I don't... I cannot believe that they hated it quite as much as they wanted to. Yeah. You know, that said, I did see, I mean, I did see a video uh, of a YouTube creator that I enjoy and she really tore into the movie and n- nothing to do with social justice war bullshit, but it was all, it was all legitimate complaints. <laughs> so let's rank all the uh, Star Wars movies. What do you say? Oh, okay. All of them. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's your number one? Numero uno is still Empire. And then? Uh, I've got, yeah, A New Hope. Okay. And okay. Keep, you just go through Okay, all. now we're going to go into interesting territory. Oh, dare I say Rogue One? Right. Okay. okay. Then probably Return. Okay. Then The Force Awakens. Okay. Then, oh, yeah, then Solo. Oh, more than eight. More than eight. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And then, um, now, in all fairness, it's been a very, very long time since I watched episodes three and two, but I still feel well. So I still feel I'll probably put um, eight and then three, two, one. Okay. Interesting. Ours is pretty similar. So I used to, for the longest time, Empire was my favorite, but when I saw four, five, and six. So when I saw episode seven opening, yeah. it was actually the day before opening night at Cinerama downtown. They showed episode one, two, yeah. three, four, five, and six. I didn't watch it one, two, and three 
because uh, it was they started at like two in the morning of the previous day. <laughs> right. So I showed up in the morning and watched four, four five, and six in the theater with all the nerds, like right up right up front. Yeah. And I have to say, like episode four is is really great. Is so solid, and five has some just epic moments. Yes, Hoth. Yes, uh, you know Cloud City. Dagobah yeah. mostly is okay, but there's some actually odd moments in episode five, like um, that, like when they go into the, the Twilock, the, yeah, they yeah. go into the the, the space slug yeah, yeah. In, in the asteroid, and they're they're walking around in in a stomach uh, yeah. with with like minimal, but the dialogue makes up for it. It's pretty bad, and and you can you can tell again on the big screen with digital, yeah. you know, you can tell they're walking on a set. They're right. walking on uh, it. It's clearly cellophane. Uh, it's a, it's clearly like a cellophane tarp. I see that is over <laughs> like probably it's like some cushions. Yeah, and they've kind of put some water on it, and and there's a lot of dry ice, sure. fog, you know. And it just looks so bad. And there's really nothing like that in episode four. Yeah. There, there's not a single moment in episode four where you're just like, what? You make a very, very strong argument. The, the problem is there are so many great character interactions in episode five. Yeah. that I, I, I think that for me, two things. That and Luke's duel with Darth yeah. edge it over. Totally. That And it's, that's... My thoughts too, but to me, in my old age, yeah. I I appreciate a tight movie sure. that doesn't try to be more than what it is. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. and I, I honestly, I can't. I, I certainly that is a very respectable position, very defensible. Yeah, and for me, it's certainly not a big gap between the two. Yeah. <laughs> so so I go episode four, five, then I go seven, seven. Yeah, uh, that's the Force Awakens. Yeah, because. Okay. I, I I understand all the criticisms. Yeah. It's just it's a sure, remake sure. of four, blah sure. blah blah. But I cannot tell you the nerdgasm yeah. that Berto and I had <laughs> when when we saw this in the theater. Yeah. I I I was like, please God, make this be a good movie. And it was yeah, so enjoyable. It was such <laughs> so an experience. You know, I I, I yeah. felt so good, and there were so many moments and. You know, there's some rough patches and there's some yep. fan service for sure. But man, did they serve up? Did J.J. Abrams serve up on a plate? Yeah, just like this glorious experience for me. Yeah. So episode seven, and then I go rogue, and then I go eight because I like eight. I I, uh, I liked I liked sixty maybe seventy percent of eight. I mean, uh, there's again some rough patches, but I. Again, I love Luke, and so Luke's a major character in this, and I don't have a problem with the writing at all. In fact, it totally makes sense to me, given uh, where the story needs to go and 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 the sort of play on wisdom and uh, Jedi, yeah. uh, you know, non-kicking of ass kind of... Because it reminds me a lot of um, actual samurai movies, Akira Kurosawa, where there's... You have characters who can kick ass, yep. but the but the most heroic, most respectable characters in Akira Kurosawa movies are not the sort that kick ass. Yeah. They're the sort of guys who like think and might even sacrifice themselves. Yeah. You know? No, I agree with that. Uh, my main so my main problems with that movie were one, the whole Casino Planet sequence. <laughs> two, 
I mean, I'm still upset that they didn't tell Poe what the freaking plan was. Totally. And I, I have. And the Mary Poppins scene was pretty bad. Uh, you know, I, I agree, but it didn't bother me. Yeah. Like, I, I, I will not defend it to anyone, but it didn't bother me. The thing that bothered me more was that the training sequence, he didn't, you know, like Yoda, we saw Yoda really training Luke. Even though, I mean, realistically, it wasn't that many scenes, but the progression was felt. Whereas the, the Luke training her felt totally sort of ad hoc and and too short, which is a valid con- uh, consideration and criticism. But again, we don't know the exact timeline because yeah. they purposely sort of leave that out. And two, it's similar to the Luke Yoda situation because he. In, at least in episode five, d- he doesn't seemingly spend that much time training. No, I, I, so let me clarify. I don't mean like the neither the overall running time nor even the perception of the running time. I'm talking about more that when you f- the first couple of scenes they show us with Luke, he's not very good to what Yoda wants him to be able to do, and he in fact nearly gives up, and we see all that, and then. Then we see in episode him, five. In episode five. And then we see him actually start to, to do a little better. And then he's doing the handstand. Now he's running through the forest with Yoda on his back. And then it cult- culminates with a big cave scene, right? Yeah. I didn't get that sense at all with him. No, I think, well, I think that was on purpose. I think, because, yeah. you know, uh, what's his face could have easily written that in there of just like, you know, the montage of. Yeah, but they made her too automatically good at stuff. Which, which I get. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like they pulled it off. I, I think it's one of yeah. those things that you just have to either accept yeah. that a character, uh, some sort of character like that could develop so intuitively. Right, right. Uh, and, not, and that's not consistent with other storylines because Luke definitely was pretty bad at the Force prior to beating Yoda. Yeah. But he well, did have it, some abilities. And it's, yeah. a, it's odd that she is so strong with the Force considering she is... Han Solo and uh, Kira's daughter. Right? <laughs> so, so episode eight, and then and then episode five, uh, or sorry, episode six, six yeah. uh, and because because I I love episodes. I it's so weird because as I see more and more of the more recent Star Wars movies, yeah. I started to demote episode six because because in my head I was like, well, of course you got to go four, five, six, and then you got to go with the new movies. But as I start appreciating what they're really doing with these new movies. And then I rewatch episode six. There's definitely awesome moments in six uh, return, but there's also just like whole swaths of time where you're just like, at least as an adult, I'm just completely bored, you know, all the Ewok stuff. And, and, you know, when, I mean, Luke and Han and Leia are about to be killed on a spit by Ewoks. (laughs) Meanwhile, the galaxy is in peril. And all Luke has to do is just like force push uh, everyone away and say like fuck these people, let's move on with the story, you know. But instead, he like makes C three PO rise up in the air, and, you know, and it's just like and and it's such a missed opportunity because Lucas said it was originally going to be Wookies, yep. which would have just been so awesome. It just would have been so much better, and and you know, anyway. Then I, I go. Like then I go. Han Solo, uh, uh, below episode six, uh, but it, but so the, these first what seven rankings I would consider to be very close. Yeah. Uh, like I think Han Han isn't like 
way worse than episode yeah. seven. I would just say that, in fact, I might go like four or five is in one category. Those are yeah. just like, you know, ugh, you know. But then you got uh, seven, Rogue, eight, six, yeah. Han, like is in another category. And then, of course, you have the prequels. Which and then I, prequels, you go. I go three, one, two. Oh, I see. Two Cause, you cause, feel is the, the worst. Yeah, yeah, two just, you know, had. I mean, it's hard to differentiate. I, actually, I, I, I will not debate this because it's been so long. And I only watched them back then. Yeah, that I honestly don't know now. Because I kind of liked one, and I and there's some parts in three that I, especially at the end. I mean, aside from like Frankenstein, Darth Vader, I uh, enjoyed three. Full disclosure, you know. By the way, so remember we were talking about last time about how. So originally, I used to think when Rogue One had all these reshoots, yeah. I was worried, and then when and then when I actually saw what Rogue One became, I I was like, well, maybe. Maybe research shoots are a good thing. Yeah. And and I was talking about when I wrote my book, if I didn't, quote unquote, reshoot my book tw- yeah. 20 times, it would have been terrible. It just takes a while. I mean, imagine imagine if all the movies you've ever hated or, or missed the mark, for example, episode one. Right. Imagine if Lucas had a had a had the budget or the mindset of just like, well, let's let's finish this thing and right. then let's send it out into test audiences and then redo it <laughs> and then and then just completely and you know fix it yeah it will just assume there are problems and then imagine what they could have done with episode one jar jar would have been gone they would have just gotten rid of jar jar yep. or they would have made him less racist for example <laughs> yeah they were probably getting rid of him but yes and and, uh, and there would have been several they, other they changes. would have recast the well if not recast they would have certainly had a different angle to how they how they treated the little kid. Okay, and they would probably not talk about like a trade federation. Like everyone was like, "What's yeah. this?" You know, oh, they, God. They, you know, imagine what they could have done with that. Yes. And and so uh, so um, w- uh, what's my point here? That if they had <laughs> that by episode. Three is that where you were going to, or I, I actually I don't know where you were. Yeah, because <laughs> I thought you were making a point like that. That episode three benefited from the fact that if they had done reshoots on episode one, it would have been better. But I don't know where okay. I was going. But anyway, yeah, episode three has some really great. Mo- oh no, yeah, right, exactly. That's where I was going. It's like imagine if episode three could have done reshoots. They wouldn't have done the Frankenstein scene. Exactly. P- people were laughing in yes. the theater. No, they- I I will say like like. In in all fairness, as much as I dog on on the prequels and stuff, my actual feeling when I walked out of the theater of episode three was, okay. In fact, I remember saying, if, if this if this wasn't Star Wars, I would have really really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. And that the only reason I even like was like still upset was because I, I had been I had all this legacy of upset now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't seen it in since it came out. Yeah, well, I have. Really? You, yeah. have, you haven't seen... I haven't seen any of them since they came out. Really? Yeah, I saw episode one in the theater t- two or three times. And you haven't seen it since? I, I might have seen it once on DVD ages ago. And, and, and all your episodes two and three, I never watched after the theater. So you must be familiar from clips or something? Well, you know, I watched that whole Red Letter Media. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that one does a pretty good job of dissecting it. All right, so let's get into more of this after the break. What do you say, Bruno? Yep. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast yet, do so now. 
Go to patreon.com. When you become a patron, make sure you pay attention to the thank you page because that gives you information on how to access the premium episodes. Uh, Every day, I field five to ten emails from patrons emailing me saying, so I became a patron, but I don't know how to access the (laughs) premium page. Probably exaggerating five to ten. But I feel like I was doing a lot of it today. But anyway, uh, make sure you pay attention and, and... and the other thing is, if you run into problems trying to access the premium feed, go back to the instructions and read them carefully. Okay. <laughs> because when people email me, there's nothing wrong with emailing me, and you email me at contact at psychologyinseattle.com. I'm, I'm here to help. But 99.9% of the time, I fix the problem by saying, go back to the instructions and read them carefully. Right. Or I just copy and paste a section of it. Uh, it's long and it's confusing. It's not our fault that it's a confusing process. This is, believe it or not, the most the easiest process available to us given technology today. I'm pretty convinced that in 50 years, this will be easier. Uh, <laughs> we will need someone to pay attention to podcasts uh, and notice the vast amount of money that can be made in this in this field. It, podcasts are still basically being treated like they don't really matter. I mean, YouTube definitely is pay, paid attention to by advertisers. Right. Podcasts are just like, eh, you know, isn't that just sort of like bad radio and right. stuff? And people don't understand, like, podcasts are a major, major source of, of media consumption yeah. among a, you know, a relatively small slice of people. But, but hyper-engaged. Hyper-engaged, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong. The main thing they need to do when they sign up as patrons, the first thing is change the account and change the password. Yeah, do not do that. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> if they do that, it I... screws everyone up. <laughs> I panic and call Berto, and he has to fix and it. And I have to go reset it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so let me read some of the hater email, hater reviews. Hater aids? These are... <laughs> Hater aids from uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, <laughs> from the audience people. Because okay. I have some complaints too, by the way. So there are four here. Uh, irrelevant story, poorly written script, terrible acting. Okay, disagree so far with everything. Bad cinematography. Oh, what? And pointless shoehorned references to past Star Wars films. Okay, I, d- I fully disagree with this. Yeah. Another one. Another failure because Disney couldn't keep their politics out of Star oh, Wars. Oh, yeah. The movie was awful. Okay, number three. Boring and derivative with cringe-inducing social justice warrior moments. Just uh, just terrible. And then the fourth one. Another fuck-up orchestrated by Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, she, okay, this is all caps. She destroys everything she touches. So um, let's just review Kathleen Kennedy's uh, movies that she's produced over the years. Do, do, can you name some? Uh, Minority Report. Uh, I don't think she so. didn't produce it. No, it's, it's a good guess, but I don't think she produced it. She's mm. produced other uh, Spielberg movies. But. I thought she produced tons of Spielberg. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I don't know because I in my mind it was like Schindler's List. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, the E.T. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just name them. All right. So this is just a like like a half the list. Yeah. Raiders. Poltergeist, E.T. Fucked up, all of them. E.T., Gremlins, The Color Purple. Social Justice. Back to the Future, Goonies, Roger Rabbit. Disgusting. Always, Cape Fear, 
Schindler's List. Everything she touches. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Alive. Do you remember Alive? Yes. That's a great movie. The Bridges of Madison County. Twister. Snow Falling on Cedars. <laughs> the Sixth Sense. Signs. Seabiscuit. She Mute. wasn't really a producer on it. On these, was she? Uh, all, producer. all of these. Yeah. Uh, Munich. War of the Worlds. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. War Horse. Lincoln. What a failure. Force Awakens. BFG. Have you seen BFG? No, I haven't. It's a good it's a good okay. movie. I mean it's it's unique is the thing. I just don't didn't want to see it because of the social justice warriors. Yeah. Plus, as soon as I saw that, because they just, you know, they do the the trailer and it's just yeah. it's just giant and they say BFG and the only thing I think it was big, big fucking, fucking gun. <laughs> big fucking giant. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, is there a big fucking gun? Big fucking gun was the BFG uh was the gun in uh, video game in Doom, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> BFG. I never played Doom. Uh, the Girl on the Train, Rogue One, Last Jedi, uh, Solo, and Episode Nine. So, so pretty much she, a complete career fuck up. Yeah, she like, destroys everything she touches. But just to be clear, she's had her chance at movies. I think it's time to look for a new profession. So why the hate, Birdo? Okay, there is this dark segment of the population that is now hypersensitive. Like they have this exposed nerve, and anything that comes close to sounding like they're making a, 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 a social point. They're like, ah, social justice warriors. Oh, it's oh, terrible. It's horrible. So, by the way, we're going we're gonna to spoil, if we haven't already, everything in Solo. Right. Uh, what it, what's an example in Solo? The robot. Um, the robot Lando's robot. That, who, who, who inspires a revolt. Inspires a revolt. Now, by the way, I have plenty of complaints about that robot. But here's the key difference. When one complains about something because... It is not entertaining. The, the script or the dialogue is boring or it's inconsistent or whatever, right? Or it's out of, it takes you out of the suspension of disbelief. Those, those are just, you know, criticisms about like the, the end result. But a lot of these other criticisms have nothing to do really with what they're watching. And it's everything, all this fictional maelstrom that they form around, like they imagine. They, there's these huge agendas and they're just trying to like control us all. And so they want every movie to like teach us all this social justice bullshit and blah, blah, blah. And so they, it becomes this larger than life battle for them. And so in, in a movie that you're watching where like 1% of the movie, you know, has a robot saying two lines about equal rights, right? They're like, that's it. Solo is destroyed. The world is over. Yeah, I agree. Why else do you think? Because right after it came out, the big story was, it. it's a flop. It's a terrible movie, you know? Well, yeah. Why do you think there were so many people who, aside from that... Okay, now, I, I, I do think there were some... I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know the flop thing, but I, there were some legitimate criticisms around the thing, like... Um, in fact, I didn't like any of this. Uh, a lot of the things that they revealed about Han Solo's backstory were sort of not meaningful reveals. For example, uh, again, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, how did he get his blaster? Oh, his blaster. Oh, he got it from this dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And how but- did he, how did Chewbacca get his, his iconic belt, gun belt thing? Oh, he got it from this dude. Well, yeah, I mean, it, because to me, it, if you had to have every single element of these characters, these huge backstories, it would have bogged the movie down. No, no, but I'm going the other right, Why, the other direction. 
why do you have to explain such trivial matters in such trivial ways? Oh, I see. Like, did you ever wonder as a kid or an adult, where did, where did Han Solo get that blaster? No. No. Did we ever think, oh, I can't wait to hear the backstory of Chewie's bandolier. Yeah. And I always <laughs> got the impression that with with Han's blaster, like if, if when I was a kid, if you asked me where he got it, I would have, I would have said, well. <laughs> the thrift store. <laughs> well, he's probably had like. 20 blasters. Yes. And that's just the one he happens to have right now. In fact, it's proven when he's talking to Luke about blasters. He 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 mentions it as this commodity product. I can't believe you're using these backward weapons. I always rely on just like a trusty blaster. But he doesn't say my trusty blaster. Right. right? He just says a blaster. A trusty, yeah. It's like uh and he like he say he shows it to him. It's like it's just a throwaway thing he's got. Right. Also, um the, the along with that when he meets Chewbacca and he's like, what's your name? Oh, Chewbacca. Oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to remember that. I'm going to have to come up with something short. Like, that's another thing. It's like, we know how, how nicknames come about. Like, you don't have to explain to me that that's how his nickname came about, right? Yeah. Meaning, there were a lot of little things that were unnecessary that didn't add or subtract. And so I do think, but that's not enough to say, oh, this movie's a flop. I hate this and, whole thing. And I thought that there was, the only the only fan service or, you know, origin story fan service scene that I only slightly didn't like was the solo. Solo. Yeah. It yeah, was that like, one really pissed me off, actually. Well, that, the, the premise I liked, but the, the, it was drawn out way too long. Like, you know, the guy's like, so, you know, what's your last name? What's your surname? And he's like, I don't have one. And he's who are like, your people? Well, who are your people? And he's like, I don't have people. And I was like, oh, Solo. And what, what I was hoping the guy would be like, okay, Han, Solo, boom. Yeah. And, and so Han would be like, huh? That's weird. But, but instead, the guy, mm. the, the Imperial <laughs> administrator is like, R2D2. Huh. We shall remember this name. <laughs> well, so you're not, you don't have, a, you know, the, the chance that this is the first guy that has come along. Exactly. Like what, what would have been funny, what would have been, actually now that I think about it, what would have been better is if there's like two other guys in front of Han and one person comes up and says, my name's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what's your surname? And they're like, I don't have one. And it's like, oh, where are your people? Who are your people? I don't have people. Okay, blah, 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 Solo. Solo, yeah. Uh, Han, what's your name? You know, I don't have one. Okay, Han Solo. Like, it, it's just Han, a label. It's a thing that they do. Because the, the, <laughs> the beauty I thought of the Solo name kind of fits with a lot of things that they're trying to say, which is these are not important people. You know, Solo doesn't come from a long line of solos that are just these awesome people. Like he's basically, he doesn't have a last name. It's he's you know he's like, um, you know, what's her face in episode seven and and eight? Why can't I remember her name? But but see my what's what's her name uh, in Ray? Yeah, but but see my my first of all, and that's going to be shown to not be real. Uh, because it's gonna, because we have the we have the only word we have on that is from freaking Kylo Ren, so that's not gonna be the end. I story. felt like I felt like the writer and the producers were uh, putting their stake down with that All scene. Right. I mean, yeah, we, no, we I, I agree that, that Ryan is. I agree that Ryan was. Okay. I just don't know that the next. Well, well who knows? Gonna, I mean, the yeah. next person who writes it isn't yeah. Ryan, so it. Could, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. I think, could, well, yeah, yeah. Now. What, what, I, what I think really upset me about the solo thing, and it wasn't even when I saw it, because it, it's almost like when I saw it, it's almost like a, a car hit me, 
And then I, I had to wake up in the hospital later and realize, oh, shit, that was really lame, right? Because <laughs> what happens is Han Solo was already an adult at this point, yeah, right? He's gone his whole life just going by Han, presumably, right? Never needing a last name. So just because this government official stamps him solo, now he's not only fine using that as his full name and tells everyone that's his name, but later in life when he has a child, that's the, that's the name we go with, Ben Solo. Well, you know, I, I'm guessing it has to do with the culture of names in this world, you know, that maybe... You I, need- I, I, I agree with you that if they had set up a precedent by like every unknown person gets the solo stamp... I would sort of liked it a little more, but yeah. anyways. But the other part that that uh, upset me, which is a trivial matter, but it did upset me, is that they were playing the Empire theme while they were showing the propaganda video for the Empire. Oh, really? And it totally I didn't notice that. It, yeah, so they're they're in the airport in the starport, and there's a hollow video playing that's dun, a propaganda dun, dun. A recruitment, and they're playing the Empire music in the video. That yeah, that's kind of dumb. That is so dumb. It should have been some other music because yes. that because it. now what they're saying, if we were going to take it to heart, is all along that's actually been some theme composed for the Empire. Right, right. Oh no, no, yeah. and not not only that, but like. The cantina music, every music we've actually ever heard in the universe, sounds nothing like the John Williams score. Right, right. Right? Like, even though that is John Williams, it's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I have various different uh, theories as to why there was, there's been a lot of hate about this and other movies. One is that, and and I've given a lot of thought because I, I listen to a lot of critics on podcasts talk about various movies, including these movies, and I think that... One of the and I talk to a lot of people of various ages about yeah. how they feel about the new movies, and I think that, uh, and I feel like there are a lot of people that sort of claim ownership of the Star Wars universe, who like me. <laughs> who, who who I believe are less of a quote unquote real fan than I am. Oh, okay, you know what yeah. I mean? Like like I was there from the start, right? And and I. I loved Star Wars stuff, and I, and I know you did too. So I think one of the things that needs to be pointed out is between episode six and um, and really like episode seven, because you know you yeah. could have episode one, two, and three, but those were kind of like blips. You know, they yeah. weren't they weren't the because we didn't have the internet then. It wasn't, or at least it would have been early internet for episode. Yeah, three. it was early. Um, that there wasn't the cultural phenomenon. I. Th- I mean, there's certainly a cultural phenomenon about yeah. episode one, two, and three, but especially episode one, the the buildup. But but my point is, is that there, for for example, today I see regular people walking around with Star Wars shirts on. That's right. I did. I haven't seen that my entire life. I until until the past few years. Um, most people didn't care about Star Wars. They they would watch the movies and blah blah blah. But it wasn't something that meant a lot to them the way that it seems to mean a lot to them now. Interesting. Yeah, I, I feel... I, I remember there was a time when Star Wars and Star Trek were, you know, really actual nerdy things that a subset of huh. nerds actually paid attention to. That's interesting, because, and maybe that's just because I was a nerd, but um, Star Wars 
definitely defined a lot of my identity and reality right for you know a period of well, you, you know eight years but there was so. a lull you know like you could no, defi- i'm saying when i was a kid you know like, yeah okay yeah. so but then you know because there's no internet right to, to sort of uphold or marketing or even merchandise on the level of like a t-shirt like getting a star wars t-shirt today is so easy you just you walk into yeah. you walk into the gap and they <laughs> yeah. have like five star wars t-shirts right. star wars t-shirts you've never seen yeah <laughs> you know like like they'll have like a, a a picture of phasma you know and like <laughs> there'll be some joke about game of thrones on there or but something. i mean well, but you're talking about like adults right yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, but, but when we were kids, like you know, I had Star Wars uh, underwear and Star Wars sheets right. and Star Wars, and uh, our parents were not into were not Star- into Star Wars, and right. and even my older siblings weren't into Star right. Wars. They right. they they were just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, those are good movies, whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, they liked it, but you know, my point is, is that um, I feel like, uh, I, and I only I only twenty percent feel like this, but I feel like. My opinion is more important, or something. <laughs> right, you earned it <laughs> because because there's all these people that claim that that you know they'll be because they'll, they'll watch episode or they'll watch Han Solo the movie and they'll be like, this doesn't fit into the the true nature of Star Wars, and I'm like, and I'm like, you're 22. How could you possibly know what the true nature of Star Wars is? You've you were you were five when episode three came out. <laughs> you know how could you possibly know? That's like funny. like it, this this claiming of ownership that I and it's usually young people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like oh, this is inconsistent. And like I'm like, you don't fucking. But know. you get this with Lord of the Rings, and yeah. Lord of the Rings came out before any of us were a thing. You know? <laughs> sure. And and I and I feel similarly about that because yeah. in the seventies, Lord of the Rings became pretty popular, and, yeah. and I was a part of that, you know, wave. And anyway, so he, but someone he, in the seventies might have been like you, like what? Now, now <laughs> you're now, not a true fan. <laughs> now, which is fine. Um, here, here's what I'll say: is that if you didn't like the movie, yeah, that is totally fine. If it's one thing I've learned about talking with people about movies, listening to podcasts, is that everyone approaches a piece of art differently. Yeah. And there's no wrong or right about how you felt when you watched something. If you decide to walk into an art gallery and be skeptical of everything you see and just poo-poo everything, that's fine. That's your life. Um, and if someone else walks in and just decides, you know what, I just want to appreciate everything, and 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 it's all made by first graders, and you're just going to be like, art is great by first graders. It's 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 just art, and it's just experience. Now, what I have a problem with is when people attack each other for their opinions about the art. Um, you can attack people for not being sensitive to certain, you know, like if you're, it, for example, with Jar Jar, if 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 you're going to be like, look. Uh, Rastafarian man, uh, you have to like Jar Jar. You right. know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> or no, no. This is this is actually more in line with it. if you're a white privileged person and you're like Jar Jar is not insensitive to right. cri- to sure. Caribbean people. Um, that's a wrong opinion. You know what sure. I mean? Like you like you have there. There's there are certain lines, but anyway, my point is is that you can like it, you can dislike it, it's fine. But when you base it on things that I think are at least worth commenting on, which this is why I'm commenting on it. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm just saying here's my reasons for I think why some people I think 
are coming at it from a kind of an odd place where they don't like it. Again, it's fine. I think some people completely overhype episode four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. If you rewatch episode four, five, and six as many times as I have, and many times as Burrow had, as we've we've already been talk already been talking about, there's some massive clunky moments, yeah. especially you know six. Yeah. And so, if you're gonna say that Han Solo, you know Solo, a Star Wars story, has problems, and and Kathleen Kennedy has ruined the you know Star Wars universe, <laughs> just go back and watch what they're ruining. Yeah, because there are. And and then that's not even counting episode one, one, two, and three. Right. Like, so well, but you know what? I, one, sorry to interrupt. One thing I realized recently is that a lot of the people complaining actually were kids, and I know you yeah. were, they were kids and actually enjoyed right. one, two, and three in in a way, kind of like how we enjoyed the originals. Right. Exactly. So um, you know, to to claim that Solo is you know, somehow this, you know, say, say you're like, oh, I didn't like that scene there. You right. know, there were some good scenes. There were some bad scenes to claim that that is such a departure right. from every other Star Wars movie is just false. Right. Every, every Star Wars movie had good moments and bad moments. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it, and, and, and to go along with that, the and I, I want to make something clear. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. You seven. Gave it, you gave it a seven. I, I was going to eight. In fact, the only reason I downgraded it is because I felt... And now I'm just being like a little bit harder of a judge. I felt, look, you actually have a good movie here. I enjoyed the action. Freaking uh, Lando blew it out of the park. Like, that was great, you know? And I thought Han Solo, even though he doesn't sound or, or really act very close to the Han Solo we grew up with, that actor did a good job. And I felt that what's her name did a good job, and I, you know, so I really enjoyed it. So I wish to go back to the reshoots. I wish they would have reshot it, or not even reshot it, just re-edited it one last time. Yeah, I think, to fix some of these things. Yeah, I think it was kind of an editing yeah. issue. Um, yeah. So, so the, I think another reason why people didn't like it was because they are young, and their style of movie that that they want to see is where the heroes kick ass. I think that's actually a major element in the backlash to these more recent movies, especially episode eight. Because hmm. uh, to you and I, you know, you and I have been watching movies a long time. When we were younger, you know, imagine the movies you saw when you were like 15, and you'd just be like, yeah, that the hero kicked, like just Luke Skywalker, sure. for example. You watch episode four, Luke Skywalker is like the quintessential uh, underdog who kicks ass. You know he 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 blows up the Death Star. He you know he he and there, so there's a lot of satisfaction in this sort of black and white good guy versus bad guy. The the movies have gone progressive have gotten progressively more nuanced. You know, Episode Eight Poe is supposed to be the hero as he was in Episode Seven, but he actually becomes this. He's he's acting heroic, but he ends up actually ruining things for some people. You know. Um, Luke Skywalker is a conflicted character. You know, he has emotions and flaws. And in in Solo, in Han Solo, you have a character who is kind of at the whim of other people, right? He he's not really in control, and he doesn't really win the day in the end of the movie. You know, he has to give things up. You know, he's he, by the end of the movie, 
he's almost right back where he started. But you know, just you know, before the rebellion gives him one of the fuel canisters, he's basically penniless and like doesn't have a ship to get off the planet and everything. And I feel like there are younger people who want you know the hero to kick ass, and when the hero doesn't kick ass, they don't like the movie. What do you think, bro? I don't know. That's an interesting theory. But I'm sitting here trying to remember Star Wars Episode Four, and I mean Luke starts off. You know, I mean, I I know some of my friends would call him as an extremely whiny little punk. Uh, I don't think he was. I think he was like an average teenager. But still, he you know nothing that remarkable. Then he gets his ass kicked by a sand person. And then he, they meet Han Solo. And so far, he, gets, he nearly gets beat up and has to be saved by Obi-Wan. Then he's kind of complaining about Han. He's not sure about him. Okay, Still okay. has done nothing. And then finally, they try to rescue the princess. And it sort of doesn't go according to plan. And they nearly get crushed and all these things. At the end of the movie, he finally finds his calling and shoots down the big... Right, okay. Yeah. Granted, yeah. but lots of movies, I think, geared towards younger people yeah. have... A hero, sure. Like in Everdeen, Kat, Katniss, right, right, Katniss right. Everdeen, yeah. she kicks ass. You know, she she's she's good at what she does, and she wins the day. You know, right? Um, but, but now Ray is pretty badass too. Yeah, but but the character, it's the storyline is so much more twisty. You know, mm. where it's like who's good, who's bad. Um, now, certainly, these movies aren't like. French super nuanced <laughs> movies, but my point is is that in in Solo, a Star Wars story, you don't really know how the plot would have it, uh, evolved so that Han Solo would be standing with a medal around his neck at the end of the movie. You know what I mean? And I think there are some people who want that. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. And also, um, we, we cannot underestimate how much how much recently, as soon as there's any mention of something related, remotely related to equality or equal rights or women's rights or any of that, they immediately hate. Yeah. Um, so another reason I think is that there are some people who just don't like this sort of movie. When, when, I, wa- when I listen to critics and podcasts, uh, I can, I'm starting to get to know the different personalities of these critics. And there's there are certain people, particularly critics, who who often are forced to go to a movie early. You know what I mean? Just because they're a yeah. critic, who just don't like these kinds of movies. You know, yeah. they're not into sci-fi, or they're not into action, or they're not into the Star Wars world. And I could totally imagine, like, if I had it, if I had no background on Star Wars, and and I had to watch this movie, I'd be like, what's the big deal? Like, sure. it's just you know, so. I totally get if you're if you're not into the world or you don't like these kinds of movies, you know, Berto and I will probably watch Solo and all the other Star Wars movies and all the other Avengers movies. By the time we die, we will probably watch each of them like 20 times more, you know what I mean, if or more than that. And we'll watch clips and we'll watch, you know, background story and we'll watch, you know, we'll look at fan art. Some people it's like the you know, two times a year, they they are like, okay, fine, I'll watch an Avengers movie. You sure. know, so so if 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 it's not your thing, you're probably not going to like it. Um, the last group that I think don't like this movie uh, are what I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm having a new I'm gonna coin a phrase. Okay, 
I'm going to call these people the nerd bandwagoners. Oh. Do you know what I mean by that? Sure. Like maybe they might have not held that opinion to begin with, but they see some influencing nerds and they're like, okay, I'm going to jump on that one. Exactly. YouTube is a massive influencer for a certain group of people, younger people. And there are certain influencers on YouTube who who are trying to make money, right? They need to make videos that get a lot of hits. And if they make a video where they're like, yeah, I like Star Wars, whatever, moving on in life, then they're not going to get a lot of hits and they're not going to cause a controversy and they're not going to make any money. Whereas if they... If they just rail and sarcastically make fun of something, there's a certain adolescent um, group out there who love that kind of thing because they feel powerless and yep. they they want some they want someone on their team to strike back at anybody. Yeah, and and so these younger you know influenced highly influenced you know group of people just bandwagon on this YouTuber's opinion and and adopt all the premises, even though if they just didn't watch YouTube and just sat down and watched Solo from a perspective yeah. of just like, I'm like, just going to watch... I'm going to go see a movie. I'm just going to see a movie, yeah. and, and, I, and, I, and I hope and I wonder if it will entertain me. <laughs> they would have liked it. It's so, it is so ridiculous. Okay, look, I saw... Uh, several many videos about solo on youtube but there's three in particular that i want to call out because one of them was a person that leading up to the movie was speaking up a lot against it because of the previews but not in the whole this is not one of the like social justice it's not i mean he might mention that but that's not his main point or anything he was really more concerned about like they should have cast someone else in fact he offered like his opinions of all these other alternatives and stuff but once he saw the movie, he put out a video. And I really appreciated this video because he, he talked about all, a lot of things he didn't like, but he said that in the end it worked and here's why all the reasons that it worked. So it was a good video. Another video that I liked was this this gal that I that I, I like her videos. She she makes fun of a lot of movies she doesn't like. But she and she, and she didn't like solo. But she laid out really compelling reasons why she didn't like solo. And and, and in either case, it wasn't some sort of angry rant at, at the world and Kathleen Kennedy's. But this other video, the third one, the guy hadn't even seen the movie yet and put out this scathing video about Kathleen Kennedy and the death of all these things yeah. and everything. So let's guess oh, how many God. hits the third one yep. got. More hits. <laughs> Probably millions. Yeah. And so people out there know that the third guy, and really all of them, but the third guy probably knows that when he produces a certain product, whether he believes it or not, or whether right. it has any evidence in reality or not, he knows if he gets three million, you know, views, he's going to make you know ten grand or fifty grand, or I, I don't know how many. I, I, I one time because I, you know, we make the podcast makes a little bit of money on YouTube ourselves. It's on our main platform, but uh, we do make some right. money. And I figured out like I think it's like per. I think it's like a penny every hundred views or a thousand views or something. So some of those creators are now having to resort to different avenues because YouTube demonetizes them if they're considered to do hate speech. Yeah, but, well... And even, well, and I'm saying that like... But a flaming review of Star Wars is not something that's going to get... Well, you'd be surprised. Like, some of the channels that I like that are not at all crazy and weird and wacky, like Philip DeFranco 
get demonetized oh. frequently. Well, we get demonetized. You yeah, don't. You don't. Yeah, I don't exactly. know if you know this, but we have we have videos that yeah. get demonetized. It doesn't matter to me because we don't make that much yeah, money yeah. on YouTube. But some of them, it's like ridiculous, and I'm positive no one's listening. Yeah. Actual, there's not a human. No, there's algorithms. It's yeah. some dumb weird flag, yeah. and I'm like. But the, there's nothing in the title. Right. It's, so, I, so I think when the guy is railing, calling her names, saying really threatening, th- like just horrible, I, I don't think he gets demonetized. Okay. That but still. But, but his but channel gets channel subscribed does. and then his other and videos. And he has sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, so anyway, um, and I think that this is – most of the time it's, it's probably fine. You know, It's like you have – uh, bandwagons of various different sorts and it's, it's you know and when it comes to star wars it's like who cares if you know you can yeah. you can have a bandwagon and weird weird opinions about star wars doesn't matter but when it actually becomes more troublesome is with political propaganda which is a exact same thing that's happening on the internet today when you have people who literally believe that um hillary clinton is a is a cannibalistic uh, baby uh, killing you know yeah, yeah. reptile yep. demon there are literally people who say that enough and there are a bunch of influenceable people who yep. are bandwagoning with that and it's a very similar you know Pizzagate for example well and by the way even with movies I, I don't know if you heard recently the Asian actress from from episode uh, 8 episode 8 she quit Twitter because the amount of hate yeah. and and just horribleness that she's experienced. Yeah. Just, Ray, the actress Ray, she early on she had she quit Twitter too because of the same sort of uh yeah. We recently went on Twitter. I've been experimenting with posting stuff on oh, Twitter. I was supposed to create my What was my handle that I uh Psychoberto? Psychoberto. Yeah. yeah. Um anyway, uh, yeah, Twitter. Okay. Favorite scenes, Berto, what do, you, what do you say? Oh, my gosh. Okay. The one that made me tear up was when Chewie sat in the co-pilot seat. Ah. In that moment, I, I was sitting there. I'm like, God damn it. Oh, you got me. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of Chewie Han moments that I thought were done very tastefully and very quick. Yeah. You know, it's not like when Chewie sat down, it was like, you know, it was like, Someone got up and then Han, you know, Han kind of looks is like, there's a, you know, sit down, you know. So that subtle stuff was the best parts of the movie. The first time they walk up to Lando. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was so cool. Yeah. He looked amazing. It was just perfect. Yeah. Um, The, uh, I also, I actually really enjoyed the interaction with uh, the bad guy. Um, Beckett. Beckett? Or no, uh, the ultimate gangster bad guy. The, ba- the gangster bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was a good actor. He, he plays, doesn't he play the... Uh, plays Vision. Sentry- oh, yeah, Vision. That's the same actor, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the scene, like, sort of when we first meet him. and he, Like, it was refreshing to have a non-CGI character with well, some... Well, so I don't know if you know this, but the original, before the reshoot, before uh-huh. the Ron Howard uh-huh. uh, got added... It was a CGI bad oh, was guy. Was it? Yeah. Oh well, good choice. Good yeah. choice to change it. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, I I was definitely let down when they revealed who was the masked bad guy, the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, but I liked before that. I liked the look of that character. So the first time they show up, uh, they're they're like yeah. they look up. like Reavers from yeah. from Firefly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I liked that scene when they're first showing up and or, flying up, or like the bad guys in uh, Road Warrior. 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I sort of like that. Um, other favorite scenes? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. While we're on the topic, I that whole twist at the end. Personally, I think should have been taken out. You mean the the George? Where, I mean the, where where, where <laughs> the where the raiders reveal themselves uh, to be? Rebels. Oh, that yeah. Like, I, I thought like, you meant the uh, Darth Maul thing. That was something that elongated the movie confused it quite a bit yeah you're like wait is is she his daughter is she beckett's daughter right it's no no that's not no no yeah wait who was her mother right what's going on yeah it really it really threw me and after the movie i was like you know it was a little long and i thought well what can you get rid of and i thought well you could have got like just leave them raiders if you if you wanted to make the next movie reveal that they're rebels or something fine but yeah. it was like, why do we yeah, need that part? Oh, uh, speaking, if we're talking about things I didn't love, um, I so obviously I have no problem with the social justice warriorism or whatever. Uh, Which, by I, the way, it's not social justice. There's nothing in this movie that is a social justice warrior, one. Two, there's nothing wrong with being a warrior for social justice. No, no. But no, and actually, to, to, first of all, I totally agree with the second point. But to At debate the center your, of this movie is a white male. Yes, yes. But, but to debate your first point, they, they did hand on a platter the robot, the Lando's robot character. That's fine. Who, and now, I actually hated that character, by the way. Yeah, I, it has nothing to do with like the that that angle. It's some people, this, some people love. Yeah, in fact, a lot of women love. Yeah, and I, and that's fine. Like, I, I'm not going to die on this hill. It's just I didn't like the design of the character because historically in in Star Wars, robots don't look that human. Yeah, you know, number one, number two, like none of the even C three PO, the the most human looking one, because he's for cyborg relations. That, that that criticism doesn't make a lot of sense to no, me. No, no, but I mean, like, just tell me another robot in the whole universe that looks at all human. Well, as human as that one, K two S O. And remember, this is a prequel. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, no, uh, she's got hips. Give and me she moves. Okay, like, actually, so the hips thing really bothered. Yeah, me. no, no, no. Like, because she's talking. Kind of sassy, you yeah. Know? No, no. It, and then as she's walking away, it's like she has these like these like really like it was. And, and it, again, it, it, remember, it felt it felt on the level of racist right. on some level. And listen, this is a prequel, right? If you have cyborgs in your universe that have basically full human context awareness, not cyborgs, robots, robots in your universe that have full human context awareness, why use something like a C three PO for your proto for your interactions uh protocol interactions if he doesn't get so much context like c3po misses a ton of context because he's not that smart in the end right uh the smartest robots oh i see you see what i'm saying you're saying that she's a full human l3 acts like a human yeah she has she has as human as anyone else yeah no that's interesting i hadn't thought about that yeah the way she taught but k2so kind of had a thing like that too which one's k2so from rogue rogue one i don't remember well k2so oh though but but yeah but in a but like but he's sort of like he cracked a lot of jokes he, yeah. he all right fine you're he, right he but sacrificed it didn't bother himself. me as much yeah. <laughs> yes but it didn't bother me as much but yeah there was yeah. something about this character that you could definitely sense an actress speaking yes. through it you know yes. what i mean it what like other like r2d2 you don't get a sense of like there's an actor behind the scenes right. like 
creating a character. This sounded right. more like someone like it sounded it was more like a robot had uh been had downloaded a human consciousness <laughs> yes, 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 yes. into exactly. that thing. Yeah, I get I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really notice that. Uh, I just didn't like the way the butt looked when she was walking yeah, away. It's I was unnecessary. I was like, <laughs> that it, that looks sexual on some level, yeah. you know, which later comes into play. Uh, my favorite scenes that I thought of off the top of my head, I forgot about the the Han and Chewie sitting yeah. down in it, but that's great. But I actually liked the beginning scenes on Corellia where Han and Kira are trying to escape. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I liked that because it was. You start right in with the action. Yep. There's no, you know, uh, there's no Senate, you know, there's no <laughs> negotiations. It's just boom. You know, you're just yeah. like right away. Uh, now, of course, th- throughout the movie, they're referred to him as Kira. Do you know how Kira is spelled? No. How would you sp- How would you think it's spelled? Kira would be K- K- Kira. K-I-R-A. Right. I thought it's... K-I-R-A. Uh, there's a Kira in Star Trek, and I, I think that's how they spell it in Star Trek. Anyway, uh, it's spelled Q-I- oh. Okay. Apostrophe- Oh. R- Okay. A. Okay. <laughs> it's key, like, like, it's the, it's the mo it's, it's like when Prince writes a- It's so dumb. You know, it's like, uh, really? Like, just like Han is just H A N. H A N. Luke. Not, it's not. Yeah, Luke is just Luke. Leia. Like looks, the hardest one was Darth. Yeah. <laughs> Obi Wan. You know, Obi Wan. Yes, yes. Kira. Yes. Like it's like some writer was like. Imagine know. if C three P O was K apostrophe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? I mean, it's just it's such a hacky way of trying to make a character seem foreign or right. exotic or something. And also unnecessary considering it doesn't come across in the audio right at all. <laughs> and you're never going to see it written down in the movie. So it just it just, only makes it less memorable because then when you go to when you see the character written out, you don't right. even recognize right. it. Right. No one will recognize <laughs> right. it. And you know, no one's gonna like a you know, presumably you're trying to build a fan base and like people dressing up in costumes. Right. Now, if if people want to like write on Facebook that they're going as Kira, I love Kira. Who they're going to have to spell it <laughs> Q I apostrophe R A. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so um, but anyway, I love the Corellia scenes. I thought I thought that the bad guy, the big centipede thing, was a little over the top. I was like, well, I don't believe this is a real character. It's you know they should have. I feel like they, when they have a character, they should default to a human being unless they absolutely have to go well, CGI. Yeah, I mean, if you have a really good idea. Because <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I, also, let's be honest. The reason Jabba worked in, the, in, in Return is because he didn't move. <laughs> well, yeah, and he's a puppet. Yeah. Um and he didn't do anything, you know, he yeah. just yeah, he just sort of talked a lot, you know. But you sort of believed that this blob would which is why in the reshoot of episode uh 4. 4, it was so ridiculous to see yeah. Jabba limbering around. Yeah, so dumb. <laughs> uh so but anyway, I liked I liked Corellia. Um I loved the scene where Han meets Chewie. You know, Han gets thrown oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Did right. you like that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, because, I thought I thought that was brilliant because for, for a second I was like, nah, why would they show us a rancor monster? Right, right. right. And I was like, oh, cool. And I thought that whole sequence was beautiful. I mean, 
Chewie is just kicking his ass, yep. and you see all these other bones around, and you're like, oh, that because the whole thing about that you kind of know from somewhat non-canon sources and from other things, you just Chewie doesn't hasn't been given a scene in the other movies where you really understand like he is a beast. He's a beast. Yeah. You know, he has fangs. Yeah. He's giant. He can, you know, Han refers to like he can rip people's yeah. arms the off. The closest was in in uh, Empire when he's choking Lando. Right. And <clears throat> but you never get that sense of like yeah. he could just he, you know, his people can just rip people apart. He's, you know, he's a hairy beast on some level. Yeah. He's smart and, you know, civilized, but he's, you know, he's like, you know, yeah. and t- to see that opening of just like, he is dangerous. Yep. He's a dangerous dude and he's been tortured down there. Yep. And he, he, the way he gets his food is by eating prisoners, you right. know, because he doesn't have a choice. So here comes this next guy and he's going to eat him. And then Han... Again, because Han is Han. There are a lot of scenes where they definitely were super consistent with Han's character. And that is ultimately why I say that even though he didn't quite sound like him or or look like him, the spirit ultimately was there. Yeah, Ron Howard, the Kazan brothers, there were so many ways they could have fucked up the writing. And there were several scenes where Han, the way he got out of things was... By being cocky, yeah. or by being trying to weasel his way out, yep. by being persistent, by um, you know not really caring so much about his ego, you know, just sort of like yep. ch- you know he's just he's working angles, you know, yes, he's yes. charming and uh, always moving on in. my way to see Jabba. Yeah, like he, he's just um, uh, there's so many elements where I I felt. Man, like this makes sense to me. Yeah. You know, when you see Han in on Tatooine, I can absolutely see this is where he came from. You know, yeah. um, so so the Han meets Chewie scene I just thought was just brilliant um, and and a risk because yeah. they could have they could have been prisoners together. Yeah. You know, but instead it's like the first time they meet Chewie's trying to eat him. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, that was good. Uh, Han, uh, when Han loses to Lando playing cards, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, that was good because we were expecting him to win. Right, yeah. but he loses, and then you're, and then you, you just get everyone around Han is just like disappointed in Han, right. and he's just like ah. Uh, and again, you get this sense like Han loses some and he wins some. Yeah. You know, he's he's not a he's you know he's he's a gambler. He takes risks, and yep. he's and he was sure he was going to win because yep. that's his character. But sometimes, you know. When he presses the hyperdrive, he's sure it's going to work, right. and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> and I loved uh, the scene where L3 becomes the navigation system. <laughs> did you know that whole – did you catch that whole thing? I did, but I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, I loved it because, you know, episode five, when R2, R2 and C-3PO hook themselves up right. to the navigation computer, they're just like, oh, this is kind of a weird and, – yeah. and it also explains why – in the world, in the universe of Star Wars, which of course makes no sense in science fiction sense, but that uh, the Millennium Falcon is special not because it's fast, but because it has this really unique, intelligent, almost human-like navigation system 
that knows how to do yeah. things that, I, that I, yeah, regular I w- regular navigation systems wouldn't be able to do. I would have been totally okay with it if I had liked L3. Yeah. So I think I only have a problem with it because I didn't like L3. So, so you didn't like L3 because she was too human and, it, it and kind of a, she was kind of obnoxious. Yeah, too. she didn't fit the mold of of robots that I that I've come to like. And you're right that Rogue One sort of was in that direction, but for some reason that one and wasn't to some as extent, annoying. C3PO is very human, but but a kind of human. No, but that's a, that's the key distinction. Why does he look human? Because he's a protocol droid. Or like, why does he look humanoid? Because he's a protocol droid. Okay, but even that. He doesn't walk at all like a human. He's like all you know, jointy, but jointy, he's, jointy. He, he, but he his motivation is isn't power or influence. He's just trying to survive, and he's scared a lot. That's right. Uh, and Art, he doesn't understand context well at all. Right. So his personality, if you will, yeah, doesn't fit with someone who is assertive and like yeah. has goals the way that L three and K two S O did. Anyway, um, and 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 I'm just saying, like even R two D two, who is quite assertive and has goals, yeah. right? They were smart in the way that, because if it had talked and all these things, I would probably, maybe not as a kid, but in, in retrospect, I probably would have the similar problem, yeah. even if it didn't look human, if R2 was like all like snappy and snazzy. I, I'm going to take a guess and just say that her voice and the writing that they gave that character, you just didn't like. The look, the voice, well... That it's the fa- the voice is fine, except that it was talking just like a human talks. Yeah. Now I don't mean tone wise, but, but content of the emotionally. Sentences. Yeah, yeah. The, the one thing I also didn't like about the robot design was I couldn't tell where the eyes were because, like, right. there are these two little lights uh, that I thought were the eyes, but then when the droid would look at someone, it would be to the right, and so mm. I think there was this like obscured. I see. Eyeball that, you know, because like when Lu- when uh, R2-D2 looks at someone, it's that big eyeball that yeah. like looks at you. And so I thought that design was a little weird. By the way, the other thing that someone pointed out, actually that gal that I, whose videos I like and stuff, she pointed out something very interesting. Um, Even though it's, obviously we've made commentary in the past, not just us, but just like people have made commentary about how droids in the Star Wars universe really are like, you know, being mistreated, right? Like they yeah. don't, they're not, we don't let your kind in here. Right. Which by the way, so Star Wars making, was making social justice warrior points back then. No, it was right. Like, yeah. but here's the key difference. Everyone is unaware of that situation. Like it's almost like it's the South well before the civil war. No one right? seems to care. No one seems to care. Now I'm not saying that's great, but it's just that that's the state of affairs. But now we have a situation where there's this character that's a robot that's fighting for equal rights and is trying to liberate robots. And all the heroes that we grew up and love don't give a shit about that. <laughs> so then her point was like, hmm, that doesn't cast a very pretty light on our No, I, I, totally, I totally buy into that because you can totally imagine a world where you just, as a society, you just don't regard droids as... Right. As as people, you're just like you're a thing, yep. and I I might care a little bit about you, but but not really, and and that this this storyline or the, these events that happen around this are short lived or because uh, I, I was wondering if like episode or you know the sequel to this they would have some kind of scene where 
there would be some crackdown on the code of of droids where they would start taking away personality elements you know what i mean some kind of you know uh, talk about that or something i don't know but but I, it it didn't feel funny to me but anyway but well sorry one last thing on that is that it, it again this is a prequel so it we it's not like the this was the beginnings of a theme that later came to be the revolution of the robots and all these things nope robots are always treated the same well uh, there was that robot bounty hunter. Maybe that's one of the <laughs> robots that rose up. <laughs> IGF, you know. Whatever, yeah. um, okay, so let's talk about some of the other things that. So I took notes here. Um, yeah, I thought Alden did a did a great job. I was fully expecting, particularly from people talking about it, that the actor was going to be a terrible Han Solo. Um, I thought he did a great job, and. There's just no way you're going to have a Harrison Ford alike. There's you you have to cast a real human being, you know. And and there's people who don't have time to do it or who aren't as good of an actor or who, you know, don't have the right hair. You know, you just have to make a lot of compromises and so you you if you want to like a movie like this, you just have to go into it and say I'm not going to see Harrison Ford. You know, I'm going to see another actor play the character of Han Solo. You know, like, for example, when I watch the uh, cartoon, they have different voice actors for Obi-Wan and mm. Anakin and all right. these other people. And you just kind of have to make peace with that. Yeah, you're just like, well, what are the producers supposed to do? You know, yeah. track down Ewan McGregor and pay right. him billions? Of- no, they have to find someone else. And it's not... Doesn't he doesn't have the Alex Guinness voice? Right. He doesn't have the Ewan McGregor voice. You just have to accept that that's the way storytelling is is managed, you know. Yeah. And so when you go in, you're not going to see Harrison Ford. So get the fuck over it. And again, the writing and the directing and the acting was as good as it I can imagine it ever could have been. Actually, right. to be consistent with the Han Solo character. Um, now, if it bothers you that it's that he doesn't look like Han Solo or he doesn't seem to act enough like Han Solo to you, I challenge you to raise enough money and create a production where everyone around the world is like, man, that was so awesome. That was exactly like Harrison Ford. You nailed it. It's impossible. There's no way. So uh, the people who criticize movies, I always just be like, so where's your fucking movie? You know what I mean? When yeah. was the last time you went out and tried to create something sure. <laughs> and 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 tell me how many people didn't, didn't like criticize. Yeah, like it, it it's you just have to accept these are human beings making making human creations with a limited time and budget and you just have to let go of certain things, you know? Yeah. Um I thought uh I thought Daenerys did a great job. We should talk about this because there's there's criticism about Kira and how you know, because the main storyline is uh, Kira and Han start off on Corellia. Yeah. They're in love, supposedly, and they're trying to get off. Uh, they're trying to, you know, free themselves from slavery and, right. uh, you know, poverty. And Han gets away, but Kira gets behind. And then three years later, they bump into each other right. on this gangster's ship. And there's there's kind of a weird scene there where Han goes up to Kira and is like, oh my God, you know, you're here. And Kira's, Kira's just sort of stone-faced, like, yep, 
uh, good to see you, yeah. Han. And and you know, Han's like, uh, well, you know, what what have you been up to? And Kira's like, well, a lot of things. And and at some point, Kira is saying something like, well, you know, I I had to do a lot of things. Yeah. I had to. Re- and Han's like, well, you know, I'll still love you. And Kira's like. You don't, understand, you don't understand. You don't understand <laughs> what I've actually had to do to stay alive. You right. know, and then and then eventually become a Darth. <laughs> and then the eventually, same. Kira, uh, upon killing the you know the gangster, he dies. Kira has this moment where she can either go with Han because she has the freedom right. to do that, um, or go uh, or take over the bad organization, but which she's... which is influenced because there's an ultimate bad guy. Uh, who's played, you know, who is uh, Darth Maul. Yeah. And the idea is, is that Kira, if Kira were to go with Han at that point, Darth Maul would somehow figure out a way to kill Kira and Han or something like that. Um, or maybe Kira wants power. Like the whole idea I got is... the sense that she was a Sith apprentice. Am yeah. I wrong about yeah. No, I, am I wrong about that? You're joking. I'm not joking. Oh. Like I got the sense that this wasn't the first interaction she had with Darth Maul. I got the sense that she actually... The bad thing she she was talking about is she's she's becoming dark. She's going to the dark side. Well, that's I didn't think that it could be. I mean, it could be. So well, we didn't see her. So what do you think of that whole story? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? The whole Kira like storyline. Uh, I didn't. No, I liked it. I at first I didn't get what was happening. Obviously, because I'm. But you know, obviously the scene was purposeful. I do think that there might have been a weird reshoot thingy that happened where. Because in that, as part of that scene where he's talking to her, uh, there's a moment where Han Solo says, "Like, um, I've had, you know, I've done." Uh, like he starts explaining stuff that we that we've just been watching the movie. We're like, "Wait, why are you saying that right now?" Because she just saw that. Like, oh. it, it, I forget exactly what it was, but I felt like it was probably like a scene that had been out of order. And then they were like, "Well, this scene makes sense here," but then the dialogue wasn't quite exactly right. Mm. But um, I did think that it was an awkward scene. In some ways, it was believable because in, in the real world, you could see that happen where the guy's been wanting to go back and blah, finds the, the, the person, the girl, and he's super excited, but she's not. Right. right? And if it was Luke, right. Luke would be hugging her and, yay, this is Han Solo. Right. He grew up on the streets. Right. He's a, he's, he sees himself as, you know, kind of a scoundrel mercenary right, guy. Right, right. And a cool guy. Yeah. He always cool. He's cool. And he bumps into Kira, and you can see it in his eyes that yeah. he's happy, but, but he's not going to just, like, throw himself. But he's also going to pursue her. But when she kind of veers away, he's going to be like, okay, yeah. well, I'm, this is interesting. But I think they should have done a little bit more in terms of the directing or the editing to 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 recognize the gravity of that moment that's right um, instead of making it so subtle that it, if you weren't really believing something was happening on the inside of Han and Kira in that moment you would say like well that was kind of uneventful right right, right. yeah so i first had that feeling i'm like wait what just happened like he's been his whole point is to get back to her he randomly runs into her, and this is what's happening. But so here's so here's my the story I got from it, and yeah. you know who knows where it's going to go. But the story I got from it was that she and him both have both were in love with each other, mm-hmm. 
but they grew up on the streets and they had to resort to reality sometimes yep. that of survival that sometimes you have to sacrifice like the perfect storybook life just so you can survive and were they like teenagers like 18 year olds or something young young i got yeah. the sense that right that yeah. Khan was still like maybe 18 or something ish yeah, yeah. maybe 20 or something yeah. and so they uh but had genuine affection for each other but at the same time on Corellia, it's like well we're friends and allies you know like yeah. let's see what happens when we get off this yeah. stupid planet you know maybe we're not made for each other but like we're a team yeah and and you know, yeah, we also love each other. That was sort of the looking at the full story. I yeah. think that's how we say they bump in, and then but so Han goes on a journey three years, but it's mainly actiony and not traumatic for him. Uh, Kira, on the other hand, has something that happens where she has to, uh, and I thought this was actually kind of darkly implied for a Star Wars movie, and I thought they did it so subtly that kids wouldn't know. Sex slave. Right. Yep. She had to become a sex slave. Well, I mean, and I think there's so much precedent to that because Jabba had sex slaves. Yeah, yeah. He, he had Leia, he had that other girl, the, green girl. the, the blue-green girl that he dropped into the Rancor, yeah. and in actual chains. And... It, so I thought that was kind of dark. I was like, "Whoa!" For a for a Star Wars movie, they're implying that she was basically raped yep. by God knows how many, you know, yep. men of various different races, and and so that's gonna that's gonna do a number on you. Yep. One, two, she probably thought she was never gonna see Han Solo again. Right? She was like, even if he cares to see me, yeah. She, probably, actually, she thought he was dead. Right. He's probably yeah. dead by now. If he if he did survive, he's better off just moving on in life. Uh three, like, how what's the chance he has enough power to find me and rescue right. me? Like, I've got to move on. Like, I'm done. Like, Han is my childhood boyfriend. That's over. I've got to survive. I've got to stuff all my feelings of trauma. Yeah. And there's this, and I'm gonna cozy up to this super powerful gangster guy. Right. And be his sex slave yeah. because he can save me. Yeah. And then the super powerful guy is like, "Well, you want to be, you know, my companion? Then you've got to be a warrior too." And yeah. she's like, "Okay, whatever you want." And then so, but she's always scheming. You know, she's not fully in bed with him mentally, but yeah. she's also like, so she's always like trying to survive, just like Han Solo. But she's a woman in this world, so it's different, right? She has to, you know, be. Uh, she has to use her skills sexually sometimes. And so she survives and then she bumps into Han and she's, and once she's, she's like, I can't believe you're alive. I gave up on you a long time ago. And two, she's like, if I'm going to help Han live, I have to not be nice to this guy. Yeah. If I, if I open up that side of me right now, the big gangster guy is going to see me yep. and kill him Right here in front of everybody. Right, right, right. So, so all this context is completely not stated, but I got it in that moment. When they saw each other, I was like, oh, why aren't they hugging? I was like, oh, well, actually, da-da-da. Like, like, okay, that, that all makes sense to me, but they didn't lay it out enough, like, well, explicitly. Right, because I, I certainly, in the moment, remember thinking, ooh, she's compromised, right, in some way. I didn't, right. But I, I was more puzzled. You've actually done a good job of explaining why, because I was more puzzled about Han's reaction, because I thought, 
Well, she's compromised, but why is he not freaking the fuck out about this? He kind of does a little bit. Right. But, but, you, but you're, you're right that it is not Luke Skywalker. It's Han Solo. Right. Right. Yeah. And he's playing the long game. He's like, well, I'll work my angle. She seems a little cold, but I'll work my angle later. And he does. He tries. So then they team up uh, and they go on a, you know adventure together, a heist together. And the whole time, Kira is like, number one, I have to survive. Yeah. So... Because that's always been my mission. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kill myself trying to save Han Solo. Yeah. Like number one, me. Um, two, I know I always have to play my cards close to the vest because that's what's always worked for me. Right. Um, three, I do have genuine feelings for Han Solo, yeah. but they're kind of childish feelings, and my life might not be set up for right. that to ever. Ha- what am I gonna do? Like. Yeah. Uh, Han and I are gonna, you know, ride go off. Start and, a family. <laughs> yeah, go to start a family, and then Darth Maul is gonna hunt me down, and kill me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, you know. And so, <laughs> so then, so she's so, but she goes along, and everything's working out. And then at the last moment, the the bad guy, uh, the mid level management guy, dies uh, between her and Darth Maul. And at that moment, she has this decision. She's like, okay, I can go with Han, which a part of me wants to do. And, you know, lose everything, lose money, lose my my power, um, be on the run all the time. Darth Maul and his people will right. will will they will hunt me down in such a fashion because I killed the mid-level yeah. management guy. I, I probably crashed the ship. I completely fucked up all the, you know, I'm if, a dead person. <laughs> I, I if anyone was marked dead, I am dead and anyone connected to me or I can. Make up a story. Or I can betray Han, you know, seemingly, and uh, survive another day. But not really betraying Han, because she didn't, like... Kill him. She didn't tell Darth Maul, oh, it was Han Solo, he's there, you know? Right. She's just, like, you know, moving on and and appease Darth Maul. Maybe I'll find another angle at some point to get rid of Darth Maul, you know, like... Like live another day, keep your power. Right. You can maybe there's another chance to come back to Han. Like the whole thing made sense to me. Uh, and by the way, I seriously hope uh, this is why I don't want her to be. I don't want there to be solo sequels because there cannot be any time where Han Solo sees any Force stuff at all. <laughs> yeah. Right, because he was like, "Oh, that old religion." Yeah, there cannot be a single moment of like. Well, and they wait. didn't. They didn't in this movie. Right. Although, although, I mean, I guess Darth Maul could show up in a in a scene where with Han, and, and he just thinks he's a bad guy, but, and just with his lightsaber and not actually use any force powers. But but that would be unusual. Yeah. Where, so you didn't watch clone? You didn't watch the cartoon? No. Were you surprised to see Darth Maul? Yeah. Um. Did, did, I, I, I mean, I had heard over the years through the grapevine, I had heard that he had survived and he had robotic legs. Oh, okay. I, I, I refused to acknowledge it because it was so annoying to think about. But I hear the cartoon is good, so whatever, right? right? So the cartoon, uh, Darth Maul... <clears throat> so the cartoon is like several seasons, yeah. and, and each season has like several episodes. And It's called Clone Wars? <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and each episode really brand, like they do several branching off of various different plots and characters and and cuz there's just so many episodes to to explore different 
areas. And one of the areas uh, that the themes was Dar- the Darth Maul story. I see. And which was so satisfying because, you know, in episode one... You barely get any... Right. And, and, the, and the writers for the cartoon were smart to say there's so much missed potential there. Yeah. And, and so they... They totally and so Darth Maul when he falls down in the you know the pit, he um, there's some kind of he uses the he like survives because you know force power gives you a little bit more of an edge to live right and so he's at the bottom of the pit without his legs and he's going insane uh-huh. and his insanity matched up with the force creates this like weird uh, mechanical. Uh, like spider body. Oh. So he's like, you know, he's, he's just like going and saying, he's like, well, I'm a, I've been abandoned and I was killed and I don't have legs. He's like, like I'm, I'm not giving it justice, yeah. but then his like twisted <laughs> force creates this like spider body out of, what? out of like uh scrap metal. Cause that, that oh. pit was like a scrap metal okay. pit of some kind. And then for years he like goes insane, and he's uh-huh. just and he would kill th- things and eat things and stuff. Yeah. He was just like this monster. Uh-huh. And then and then, but there's this whole storyline of like how he eventually kind of crawls out, and okay. uh, and then he starts to gain power, and he works with uh, I think comes back to Dooku at some point, and there's like all these double crosses and uh, and and facing off of other Jedi and and. Uh, and he has a brother at some point from the same planet. And anyway, it's just a lot. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, uh, pretty cool uh, because of the cartoon. I, I guess, see. You know? I see. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, for me, it was quite a shocker. Yeah. Because when uh, they said he reported to someone else, I actually thought it was Jabba. Yeah. But I, and not that it, I, I don't think that would have actually made so much sense. No, because Jabba didn't. Jabba's have, like some local gangster in a yeah, totally different place. Totally. Uh, Donald Glover did a great job. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. But but honestly, the way people talk about Donald Glover, like me, <laughs> it, it is not you per se, but like they talk about him like he's a god. I and love Donald Glover. <laughs> I love him too. He, he's super funny. Uh, he's I mean, a, he's he's an amazing musician, an amazing writer, a writer, actor, producer, everything. It's, and yeah, he can sing as good as almost as good as Prince can sing. Wow. Uh, he has songs that are in that high register yeah. and ha- are funky, you know. Right. Uh, and then he has like obviously rap Raps, music, which right. which you know I would say his rap is like is like okay. The song um, "This Is America" isn't like an amazing song in my opinion, but the video is right. just like, I mean, that video will go down as like a moment top five videos that have ever been made yeah you know you got thriller yeah um you know well what else what other videos could you even put up there i guess other michael jackson videos um i guess nirvana smells like teen spirit yep. maybe but that's not really there's any- a madonna video in there right uh yeah what's it called the, the uh, da, 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 life is a mystery. um yeah uh, uh little prayer right yeah. uh What's it called? It's name. It's like a, a little, little prayer. prayer. I'm down, down on like my a, knees. Not, like a prayer. Like a prayer. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. it is. Like a prayer. A little prayer. Like a little prayer. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, he's he is a quintuple threat. That guy, right? And and 
I've seen interviews with him. People are asking him, like, what does the video mean? He's just like, well, you know, it's, it's I, I made it, and it's up to you to decide. It's open to interpretation. Yeah, and I just think he's, he's, like, so smart, that guy. And so, and as Lando, I thought, you know, I thought, so, so, so no one's criticizing Donald Glover for n- totally not getting, uh, what's the guy, um, who's the actor who played Billy? Play? Yeah, Billy D. Uh, Williams. Yeah, Billy D. Um, Donald Glover doesn't look or act anything like Billy D. I mean, there were a couple of moments where no. he kind of aped him a little bit yeah. with, with his like, hey, smooth voice, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, obviously, the costumes. But like, the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, that's Donald Glover. Right, right, It's right. not... It's not Billy D. Young. It's not, yeah. it's not a young Billy D. You know, that's, that's you know, that's... But that's, he does become Lando. Yeah, he sees yeah. Lando, the character's fine. Yeah. But I just find it's funny, like, everyone's like, Donald Glover killed it, he saved the movie, and I'm like, what? Okay, you that's know? not right. And yeah. then Alden is like, he's terrible, he doesn't, you know, and yeah. I'm just like... And that's definitely not right, because I agree with you. But that said, there is... The problem we're dealing with is this. Look, Batman Batman was created as a comic book thing. So when you have different characters, actors that step up to play Batman, no one really minds that much, right? Like some aren't good, some are better, but no one's like, I can, you can never replace the original TV Batman, Adam West, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. not a thing. Han Solo is Harrison Ford. Right. Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. It's like Darth Vader's voice is James Earl Jones, right? And, <laughs> and, and it's such a character character. Like if someone did a young Luke, you probably wouldn't mind as much, you know, because uh, it would because he was a young Luke. <laughs> but, Luke was a young Luke, <laughs> but Luke is has has less affectations, you know. Like uh, Han Han had so many, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, ultimately, you are right. I everyone, every, Everyone's precious to me, but in the end, like, Han and Indy are, like, Harrison Ford at his best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- so there was a, actually, you know, not why we're talking about this again, is there was a moment where, um, you, you know, Harrison Ford, in all of his movies of that era, whenever he was sort of thwarted physically, he had this face that he would make. Where and I'm of course this is an audio podcast, but right. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to recreate. It's yeah. sort of like he'd be like, right, 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 you know, right, he's right, sort right. of like it's a right. really cartoonish, yeah, like um, mealy mouth kind of like, huh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like he'd get punched in the face and you go, uh, right, and like, which by the way is is it okay? I actually finish where you're going. <laughs> Alden, there's one moment where Ron Howard works with Alden. To make that face, yeah. I can't remember where it was. It might have been when he first meets Chewie. Not sure, yeah. but I could tell. Like, oh, there's that face that Harrison right. Ford made. And know? that was what I was going to say about that. Is one of the things that in my mind, I don't know if he just intuitively was this good or whatever. Because there's been many movies in which I didn't like Harrison Ford, right? But like one thing that I thought was so well done about both of those characters is how how not perfect that they were. You know, and he wasn't afraid to make them imperfect. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, and and he was allowed to make them imperfect, right? So, what so, do you mean, like acting imperfect, or no? We, meaning, meaning, like when you're saying, like a typical action hero 
doesn't make a face like that. Right, right, right. Right? A typical action hero doesn't like, uh, like uh, in, in, when he's being revived from uh, Carbonite and he's like completely debilitated and like, like a lot of actors be like, I, I'm not going to be in that scene because I'm supposed to be like this big badass and you know, that's not going to be. Yeah. But he was not afraid to like go all in and be sort of sloppy about, not acting, but not sloppy acting, right. just a sloppy character. Yeah, a, a pathetic, yeah. suffering, un, unheroic. <laughs> Nerve herder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved that they gave Chewie more depth. Yes, yes. When he is in the mines and he yeah. sees some of his people, right. uh, they talk about how the fact he's 190 years old and yeah. wow, you look you look good, you know, <laughs> and and how important he is to the like he was way he they had he had way more character time and development in this movie yeah. than any other movie. He wasn't just a sidekick. He was right. like he was like a serious character. <laughs> yeah, and I loved when Han. You know, because in the other movies, Han always understands Chewie in a way that other people don't. Right, and 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 so they explain that in this movie. Where he's, <laughs> I just thought it was so. I was la- okay. That was another thing I want to point out about this movie is like there were many moments I was laughing out loud. Yeah. In fact, I would probably say there were funny moments. This was the funniest Star Wars movie that's ever been made. Really, like laugh out loud, huh. funny. Like when when he's you know in that pit and he's like getting thrown around like a rag doll right. by Chewie and he's like <laughs> like and it it he totally pulls it off because it yeah. it sounds like a human speak, speaking Wookie you know yeah. it it didn't sound like just me doing it it's like it sounded like a like actual language if that makes right, any right, sense right. you know um, I I liked how they wrote. So the, when I walked out of the movie and kind of while I was watching it, the main thing I thought was I loved how they wrote this story. And I, I kind of already said this in, in a way, because like if you make a movie about Luke, it has to be a movie about mental anguish. It has to be a movie about the force. It has to be a movie about power. And, right. you know, if you make a movie about Leia, you know, it's a certain. It has to be a movie about politics and about right. saving the world. You make a movie about Han Solo. It's got to be a movie about scoundrels. Yep. It's got to be a movie about about heists and yep. stealing shit and you know and smuggling. Yep. And boy, did they make a movie about heists and smuggling and scoundrels. Yep. I mean, every character <laughs> was a scoundrel and smuggling and the you know yeah. the. The underground, like right. there were so many different, you just, there was never a moment where an X-Wing comes in and blah, 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 you know, it was, it was all very smuggly and scoundrelly, you right. know, and I like Did that. we know that he had been part of the Empire? Uh, no. I mean, maybe in some of the non-canon books or yeah. something, they, they talked about it, but no. It didn't bother me, like, no. because it wasn't like he was, you know brainwashed or something he was just like well that's the way to get out of trouble right but right. It, and and it just gives this total other weird layer interesting layer to the han character yeah. in in the later movies where you're like but that's why he knows so much about things right yeah. and, and and how he would be like just super jaded about like um how he just had to survive. It's so cynical to join yeah. the army just to survive and look for a way out at any moment, you know? Right. Um, 
I also loved, and I'm, I hope you do too, when Han shot Beckett first. Yeah, totally. That was great. And again, it's another moment in the movie that they didn't belabor. Right. It just happens. Right. And you form your own conclusions. And if you're not a huge Star Wars fan... It's just a moment. It's just a moment. moment. But to you and me, we're like... Yes. Yes. He shot first. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, that's his moment where, you know, he he shows that, well, when in doubt, shoot first. You know, ask questions later. So he he shot Greedo first. We all know that. Yes. I mean, and Greedo never even got his gun out of the... He never even shot his gun, right? Nope. Yeah. Um, I loved how I was, like, waiting for, like, okay, (laughs) when are they going to to, um, reveal the Falcon? Because obviously, okay, Lando, you got... And then I w- and th- I was I was like, ah, oh, you know, we already saw a big reveal right. in episode seven. Right. The the most epic, awesome reveal. I mean, the, the, us in the in the movie theater, the Cinerama, we're just going bonkers, you know, because <laughs> they're like, okay, a ship, and then boom, <laughs> like, okay, well, how what about, about this that shit? One? That's they, trash. The the, the the camera just pans, and you're just like, ah, yeah. and you can tell like it's a real ship, yeah. it's a real model, you know, real right. actual physical thing, and. I thought, uh, you know, are they going to yeah. do that? Like, we've already, it was just a year and a half or two and a half right. years ago. And I love that. They just sort of like, oh, here's the Falcon. I yeah, mean, yeah. it was a sort of a reveal, but it wasn't yeah. like, papa. Right. You know, right. it was just, there was a lot of moments right. like that where. I will say, I did not like the additional escape thingy. Though, the, the escape pod? Yeah. How come? Because it didn't make a lot of sense to shoot it into the monster. Plus, I'm getting tired of monsters that could breathe in space. Again, it's another. This is what I felt was the wrong direction with this movie. That if I could wave a magic wand, I would have just gone back in time and told them, hey, just FYI, I just had a meeting with 99% of all fans out there. And we talked about it just to let you off the hook. We're not looking for explanations on like 99% of the stuff. Meaning, I don't need to know where he got his leather vest. I don't need to know where he got his blaster. And I don't need to know why the Millennium Falcon's got a hole in the middle. Yeah. I don't need to know. Yeah. Show us all the other great stuff you're going to show us. Yeah, and that's totally. one of those things. Like, totally. Why did like, you need I, to... Well, yeah. was that a thing? Was was that a... No. Like, an, like yeah, I was they like... never talked about, like, where's your missing escape hatch, Paul? Right. Like, to me, I was like... I was like... To me, when I first saw the... Millennium Falcon, and I was like, oh, it has an interesting design on in the front. I just thought, oh... It's it, an interesting design. Yeah, I just thought, it's, it's just a modification they'll make later yeah. where they're like, ah, oh, it's too bulky, let's take that off. But instead, yeah, it was a little fan service you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it was, in some ways, it like... Well, anyways, I, I don't want to go on too long on this, but it was just one more example of th- questions that we weren't asking. Yeah. Han, I, I loved when uh, Lando kept calling him Han... Yeah, that was good. See, that's great. Right. That yeah. is great. Right, cuz in epi- cuz actually I didn't remember until this until watching this movie that that, that he did that. Yeah, that <laughs> in episode 5 he's like, "Han," yeah. you know. And, and they never correct him. Right. Cuz he gave up a long time ago. Right, right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but it, and it was like kind of subtle, yeah. but but it was also in line with the plot in that uh you know, Han is always kind of looking for yes. respect from Lando, and yes. Lando is... And so that is a great positive example. Yeah. Because that wasn't like a, you know, retcon thing. It was just 
Oh, it's just this glitch. Like he happens to call him Han, and he's annoyed. Yeah, Han. It's like it's it's Han. Yeah, like, yeah, Han. Whatever. <laughs> um, did this movie feel like a Ron Howard movie, Bruno? Um. Well, let me list some. Yeah. Let me list some main Ron Howard movies. Okay. Apollo thirteen, Backdraft, Beautiful Mind, Cinderella Man, Cocoon, Da Vinci Code, Far and Away, Frost Nixon. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which I watched last uh, Christmas, and The Heart of the Sea, Parenthood, Rush, the movie about car racing, uh, Splash, and Willow. Does this movie feel like a Ron Howard movie? I guess no. Yeah. It feels like clearly he's such a skilled person that he probably was able to salvage the structure or something. Yeah, and I think this points to something that... uh, I've come to realize more recently as I get to know more about how movies are actually made is directors certainly play a role, but there's a lot of other people influencing a movie. In fact, that's what they say about episode four is that the team around Lucas was the real miracle, right? You have, you have, um, you have people who are directing or in charge of CGI decisions. I mean, the director can't be there for every little decision. You have set design. You have script people. Right. You have uh, the actual actors will, will will like add their own element. You know, Ron Howard can't walk in and just pantomime people. In fact, when they do that, it's a really awful movie. In fact, that's kind of what Lucas did to episodes one, two, and three. He should have just... These are all excellent actors. You got Ewan McGregor. Right. Um, even uh, the older Anakin kid is he's a good actor. Uh, obviously, um, Padme, what's your face is a great actress. Yeah, yeah. And you know, anyway, the point is is that I think uh, there are a lot of elements to this movie that any director it would have looked the same, you know. But there were a couple moments that I could point to that I think okay. were very Ron Howardy. One is is that his brother Clint Howard was. In oh, it. sure, yeah, and he's in all his movies, right? right. And the other one, it, he was the. The evil robot owner. Yeah. Um, and the other one is that when they go to certain uh, uh, environments like the card games, there's a certain cartoony Ron Howardy way that it looked, mm. the way that it was shot. You know, like um, if you have you seen his Grinch movie? No. With no, Jim no. Carrey. It's very set designy, cartoony, okay. and there were certain scenes where it definitely felt sort of cartoony, you know, okay. like like it didn't feel like a real world. It felt like uh, you know, like um what's his face who did that terrible uh Planet of the Apes movie. And, oh, the one with Marky Mark? Yeah. Oh god, what's that yeah. kid's name? Anyway, uh just a sort of slightly off from reality. So I, I felt like Ron Howard might have brought some of that. I don't know. Interesting. Um, what do you think about the sex between Lando and L3? So was that a thing? Yeah. I mean, they were... So I mean, she says, uh, oh, it works or whatever. Right. And then and at a certain point, Lando somehow confirms... I mean, it, it's a bunch of winking, you know, because, of course, it's a kid's movie, so you can't really... Say, oh, but, no. Oh, I, by the way, uh, parentheses, there were a lot of sexual innuendos in this movie, though. Yeah. So, like, uh, I forget the whole list. But, you know, when they're first introducing Lando, she's like, and let's not forget about his prodigious. And then yeah, he yeah. cuts off, which she meant to say cape collection. But, you know. <laughs> and uh, then there were, there were others. Like, like when uh, she, I forget. But there, there were at least 
I got like at least three like big obvious innuendos and stuff. Okay, so anyways, about L3. Well, then that was one of them where, where they have that conversation. Um, no, I hate it. I hate all of that. <laughs> like, yeah, that burn was, it with fire. Yeah, there's so many there's so many weird things about that that doesn't make any sense that it's like, why was that written into it? Now it, it just makes me think that Lando and Lobot were a ship. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, everyone loves a good ship relationship. <laughs> By the right? way, I, hate, oh, I can't believe I'm starting to say that. I hate yeah. that. <laughs> but, but one, like, how does it work? I mean, she was a very clunky machine. So we're, we're led to believe that she somehow uh, like knows how to work a penis. Like how to, okay, that's, it weird. works. Yeah. And, and, and then the other thing is like, uh, um, Lando has some kind of weird fetish for slave droids, you know, like we're which led to, makes it even worse. We're yes. led to believe that Lando has sex with his droids, with his slave droids. Yeah. Like, it's just weird, man. Uh, and, what you know so unnecessary like yeah it was it was it would i didn't like it at all some people so i just have to say when the podcasts i listen to about movies there are people who love (sighs) l3 and wanted more and more and more of l3 Uh... okay um other bad things that i would say again big butt on l3 that was weird um 20 minutes too long as a lot of movies are (laughs) yeah okay so it did feel there was a moment in which I was like, "Oh, it's weird that it's going to end here," and then it kept going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rebellion twist, as I said at the end, uh, was distracting and boring and completely uneventful to me. Yeah. Like when she takes her helmet off, I'm like, "Oh, yeah. what?" And then, by like, the way, a lot of people are giving the movie credit for, uh, like, "Oh, you know, it's making a point about, um, you know, indigenous people and stuff like that," but. They're saved by a white dude. Well, that <laughs> that and um, it's such like when you add up all the plots of what should be a fairly simple story because yeah. we're not talking about right, right, right. the savior of the galaxy. We're talking about just these little heist people. That this is like plot line number fifteen. Yeah, yeah. And, and it really drags at the end and really distracts from some pretty complex character moments in the plot between Beckett right. and Han and Kira. And I, I yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I thought that what I was hoping was that we had seen the last of them. Right. Because that was a, it was a cool scene with the heist and then they almost get away with the thing stuff. I, I was pretty sure that wasn't because they, I had seen the scene in the preview where hmm. it, it, she's it, the main girl is standing there and in the preview, you don't know it's a girl or anything, but but the, that character standing there in the sand or whatever it is, and you're like in the beach, and you're like, okay. So I knew it was coming back, but I was just like, okay, well, fine. So we'll see the final confrontation with this. But yeah, then it added this whole other... Yeah. You should come join the rebellion. Yeah. It, it was hilarious when Han tries to bluff. He's like, we got a whole bunch of soldiers down there, and then Lando just takes, takes, off. Just takes yeah. off. That is a good Han moment. Right. Because that Han runs into these problems a lot, where right. he's like, um, uh, "We're we're having trouble here with the, you know what?" <laughs> right, and it highlights that everyone in this in this section of the galaxy is out for themselves. Out for themselves, right? Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> There's very little loyalty among thieves. I also, going back to things I didn't like, I didn't like the Kessel Run. Very, oh, oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, like like there were elements of the Kessel Run I liked, but when they okay, one you got a monster that flies in space. That's never a good thing. And, <laughs> well, but you know they've had the worm in space. But I just get I rid of that, that. Just get rid. Like in the cartoon, they also have these these flying like yeah. whale type characters. Okay, and it's like you know it's hard. It, you know I suspend a lot of disbelief. Sure. But it's hard for me to suspend belief to the point where you have animals that can float in space. In near a, what was that, a black hole, a maw? It was a yeah. black hole, right? Yeah. It wasn't it's like, or... it's like there, there's so many other ways you can, yeah. you could have written into there being a problem, you know, that they would have to overcome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, other than a monster. Um, also, my problem with the Kessel Run, uh, especially at the climax of it, was I didn't really understand the mechanics. Oh, A, Absolutely. They they didn't go over what was ultimately what he did, right? Because they figured out, well, if he goes to his more risky path, right? But I always assumed that the Kessel Run, and it was a missed opportunity because I always assumed that it was something that sort of got notoriety, right? Because he said, like, this is the ship that did the Kessel Run. And, yeah. and now, granted, Luke had never heard of it, but I figured, well, Luke doesn't know anything. I figured that because Han was saying that, but you could say he's saying that to as a arrogant thing that no one cares about. But you know, anyway. yeah, but but okay, but I I didn't expect that it was to the point of like only two people know about it. Yeah, right. I thought it was like so. What I thought that was going to happen in the movie was some sort of competition or something, and in the end, there's a big cheering for. Oh, I can't believe he did the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs or whatever, right? <laughs> and I'm obviously that would be cheesy if they just did that. But instead, it really is underwhelming. And I guess, yeah, you could write it off as like, well, yeah, that's the point. Han brags about this unrelated random thing. But it's, I don't know, it's sort of disappointing. And they, again, you know, they, they, on so, so when I saw it, I liked the fact that they worked the Kessel Run, quote unquote, into a plot yeah. point. Um, but looking back, it's like, you could have made it really anything, yeah, and and that's a whole other plot sort of scene. They could have cut like ten minutes out of that. Oh, thing. and by the way, there's something I really didn't like about it, which is that my understanding is that it's because the Millennium Falcon is such a cool ship that they that he was able to fly the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs, right? Which is basically what they're saying, but they're not. The only reason it worked. Is because they added the little extra minerals, and they had L three, who is a well. But so with the L three part, I'm okay because okay, so they supplemented the AI, but it's not like they have these minerals every other time, right? Right. So the fact that you basically it was like a nitrous but, boost for your, but in a sense, it, it would have to be something kind of odd because there's presumably millions upon millions of ships uh, in this galaxy. Yeah. The fact that you could claim that one of those ships managed to just like make some very uh, rare, uh, you know, that's what 12... makes this, the, the Millennium so special. But why? Because it's not a special ship, really. It is the fastest in the galaxy. Well, that's what he says, you know. And it seems to outrun everyone else. It, well, it does hyperdrive like anyone else does, you know. Um, 
And you couldn't possibly claim that some junker is quote unquote faster. You know what I mean? It, you know what though? But the but I mean, my childhood fantasy it was that in fact it, the Millennium is the coolest ship. But what instead they're saying, which I think is a better story, is that the heart and the drive and the teamwork of the crew is really what made and drugs they're they're telling us that drug enhancements <laughs> all, is the key all yeah every all those things you know so bring back lance armstrong there's nothing like a little or, sorry lance armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh but did you understand what was happening during that scene like i i knew they had to shoot this particular shot that yeah. l3 was trying to get but yeah. but that whole thing like so there's there's fog that yeah. they can't. That's bad for the ship. Right. And I, I don't know. I just I was like it's it, confusing. It was there was a lot of elements to that, and and they could have cleaned that up yeah. a little bit. Just made it a little bit more simple. Right. You know, like all you had to do was like have here they come the tie fighters. You know, we gotta get the fuel in. Oh no, turn it. You know, like you just make it more like again episode four. There's no scene like that. You're you're in a trash compactor. And you're going to get trashed, compacted, but somehow R2, you know, or C-3PO had to get away because, you know, the guards are coming. And then when the guards leave, he turns back on his communicator and he's yes. like, oh, my God, they're the thing, you know, yeah. like it's very there's 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 nothing to figure out. You know, there's no like massive as, a, con- as an audience member, you're fully following what's happening. Right. Unless it, you're five or three, but otherwise you're fine. <laughs> yeah, and so the the whole Kessel Run plot, I, when I was watching it, I was like, wait, what is happening? Um, some say, a lot of people are saying it's too dark and foggy, like shot-wise. Like it's, uh, it's, I don't think so. A lot of people are saying that. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't notice that. Um, I'd have to watch it again to see, but it's a lot of people were like, it's foggy. too dark, I couldn't tell what was happening, and I'm like, I really? did not have that problem. Yeah. Maybe it's the theater. I watched it in a good theater, but... Um, well, apparently it's a new criticism to a lot of movies where they will go to like I think the DC movies are yeah. criticized for this where it's just oh, like that's true. They do it's criticize. like too too actual darkness like you, like you got to raise the brightness on your Weird. computer you know um, another criticism that I don't agree with that some critics were saying was and they all agreed on this one podcast they were saying you know we didn't really need this movie. You know, they're they're like you know, no one was asking you. You kind of said this. I earlier, say that too, um, as like a criticism about the fact that the movie was made. You know, well, I mean, that part I I do tend to agree. Like, okay, let me put it this way: it is true that I don't think any fans would were like, you know, the one movie if they just made a solo prequel. You know, that's a, and at the same time, but but I. I I think some fans were kind of okay, wishing, you know. Maybe, but 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 here's what what is true. They didn't fundamentally like change, and and this is maybe not a bad thing, but they didn't fundamentally change our understanding of of his character. Right. They fleshed it out. Yeah, but then, so like, if this movie didn't exist, it, it wouldn't really change it. Right. But to me, uh, I don't understand that criticism because. We didn't need Rogue One, and that was a great movie. And I think people criticized it a bit because of that too. The other thing is, is like we don't need any fucking movies. <laughs> There's not a single aside, yeah, I know, I aside know. from documentaries I know. that are helpful to our society. Society. There's not a single movie well, that no, and needs I, to be I, made. I, I do hear you on that. I think I, I don't know if it's everyone, but one of the f- 
people I was listening to a video that they were complaining about this. I, I think there's a sub, sub segment of fans that are waiting for them to tell uh, new stories, right? They want new stories, totally new stories. Like they're like, if you're going to spend the money in the budget, yeah, spend it on X, Y, and Z. Expand the universe kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, okay. Like there's some fans that want... Uh, and I don't know how I feel about this, but there's some fans that want the uh, Knights of the Old Republic movies, you know? Yeah. I feel like I've heard a lot of, and, you know, as a Knights of the Old Republic game person, I uh, I, I like the world. But to me, like, it would be so far afield from yeah. the touchstone characters yeah. that you're basically just like... Telling it. You're just, In fact, that's yeah. the, the one criticism I had... I mean, I understand why they did it because it totally freed them to tell the story. But it, if I stood back, if it were a movie, it probably wouldn't have worked because it was so so foreign and fake that a thousand years prior, it was the same thing. Yeah, same characters. I mean, not literally the same characters, but like same type of characters, right. same type of robots, same type of technology. Everything was the same, right? And you could say, well, yeah, in space, time moves funny, but it just it was weird, right? <laughs> Which I don't. I mean, given that this world and its technology is so weird to begin with, you know, yeah. they they don't have nukes. Yeah, uh, their their lasers are actually like akin to bullet yeah. uh, technology of the 40s in America. No, but, but it's fair. Uh, so so I, I don't have a problem with that. But, but they're me, always making progress because they're building a Death Star and they're building a bigger Star Killer base. And, yeah, you yeah. Know? true, true. Um, but to me, it's like, if I'm not interested in a Knights of the Old Republic movie at all. No, like, no, I, I'm not. I, 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 you know... If they do, I'll watch it and I'll like it, but I'll but I'm not gonna feel I'm not gonna feel like super like I wonder what happened back then. It's like I you know, I don't know, like lots of shit happened in thousands of years prior <laughs> to, to the new you know. Well, let's think about what movies we would like to see. Would you like to see Han Solo sequels? No, no. Um well I, I, I again think, I'll I think watch you're it. the same as a lot of people, particularly given the the numbers. Uh, there's because they had planned three of these movies, right? But I, I don't mean I don't want to. I don't. I don't not want them because I didn't like the movie. Because I did like the movie. You'd rather have other things. I just yeah. I mean, first of all, like what? What would you rather? Well, have? sorry, r- really quick. I didn't ask for a yearly Star Wars movie. Oh, I did. Right, I didn't. But if you're gonna give me a yearly Star Wars movie, then I guess I do want to maybe start. L- learning new things and so if we're going to learn new things i i feel it's too constraining like a boba fett movie like i don't want a boba fett movie that character's really that character's got no lines that well, character's that, not yeah that that well so i i've i've been thinking about what i would love a boba fett movie to be like and maybe after the han solo tanked in the you know box office they're seriously rethinking um you know not making a Boba Fett movie. But what I would love about a Boba Fett movie was he never talks or no, sorry. He never okay. takes it. He never takes his helmet off. Okay. Like, and to, he, or barely talks or, and barely talks. Right. He starts the movie. Uh, there's no it's love action. There's no love story. Okay. Um, like, have you seen yes. dread the, the more recent dread? No, movie? but I've heard it's great. It is so good, Berto. You have to watch okay. it. It is like okay. a instant classic. Okay. 
It I is think I like where you're going dread. with this. He never takes like, his... He like never it, takes it's his a Mad up. Max kind of experience. Right. Adrenaline rush. Right. And... He's in the ship. There's no fan stoic, service. Yeah. Badass. He, he's, a, he's a bounty hunter. He interacts. <gasps> I love it. Right? Okay, but, now you got me. Right. Okay. And you could imagine with the intelligence of these writing and directing, yeah, yeah. you could imagine that they would consider yeah. it, you know? But, but my fear... Is that it's gonna become a little character, right? Like oh, I know I didn't talk in the other movies, but I'm really quippy now. But I, but I feel like <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy is smart enough, and and the team around her is smart enough to to actually read she the internet. Ruined yeah. everything. She's yeah, I, I feel like yeah. one thing that the movie producers have done in the last five years is they fucking pay attention to the internet now. You know, okay. yeah. like the Avengers movies. I feel are a the reason why they're why they don't have major problems is because they really pay attention to what's being said mm. about them and they the writers like you know rework stuff you know it's like oh well we were going to do this but everyone hated this in the last movie on the internet so we're going to you know it's just I see. it's this automatic market research you know yeah, yeah. and i feel like anyway but so I would love a movie like that if they pull it off. Well, like the other one is that I I wouldn't have asked for an Obi Wan movie, but now I'm feeling like okay, maybe you need to repair my relationship with Ian McGregor's Obi Wan. You know, if you made a good one, but I don't know. Like, no, I I feel like for for me anyway, Obi Wan Obi Wan and Anakin are the stars of the cartoon. Yeah, and I have seen those characters fleshed out ad nauseum. Okay, so then we don't need that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like, look, just finish telling the new trilogy. Yeah, that, that be would good. be Yeah, that would be great. Um, so, they're going to make... Let us rest. Let me rest. Well, they're going to make another trilogy with Ryan. Oh, my God. Uh, with what? Uh, Ryan, the guy who did this uh, episode. Oh, eight. my God. So, and what I think it's going to be is it's going to be based on... Those stupid the, side stories. The kids in the... Yeah, and it's going to have the collector and it's going to have... Right. It's going to have the... Phasma? Uh, probably, but it's going to have... What's that guy that they never got to talk to? That's a oh, famous actor. Right. Um, Anakin... Or not Anakin, but Aniston's husband. I can't remember. Yeah, um, from Justin, American Psycho. Justin, Ju yeah. Justin something. Wh who, by the way, that lawyer in that outburst on tape recently, or yeah. that lawyer that was yelling like, oh, you were speaking Spanish and blah, blah, blah in the restaurant. Okay. He looks a lot like <laughs> Justin. <laughs> Um, so Thoreau or something, just Thoreau's. No. Um, so what would I like to see? Yeah, I I'm looking forward to episode nine. Obviously, um, I'm actually interested in what Ryan does with his trilogy. I don't know, man. Um, if it's anything like the casino movie, I don't know. I don't think it will be. I think I think he forced that in to set up his trilogy against his better judgment because he felt like he had to or something you know you needed some connection to the main trilogies to <sighs> kind of justify this offshoot um let's see i i wouldn't mind a movie so that so that you know the tv show is coming out like in a couple years what tv show there's a star wars tv show what yeah god damn it no i'm done I need rest. <laughs> I'm tired of superhero movies. I'm tired of Star Wars movies. I need a rest. <laughs> I, 
I so I think it's I gonna sleep. I think it's gonna be like a a short uh, season, like Game of Thrones kind of deal. You know, that's my guess. Uh, high, you know, Saturation. expensive, expensive episodes, and and I, they're gonna take place uh, just after Endor, like seven years after Endor. So it's in between episode six and seven, and it'll be a TV show about. Um, I guess I guess we won't know. It'll be have all new characters. Like they're 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 not going to have like it's not going to be Han and Luke. They might they might have like cameos maybe or something. But it's going to be about a whole new set of characters. Um, yeah, it could be disastrous. Um, <laughs> but if it's half good, I'll watch the shit yeah. out of it. You don't want to watch it? I, I'm sh- I'm sure I'll watch it. Like all I'm saying is one of the things that made Star Wars so epic and real feeling is that it was three well well made well well told stories and a whole bunch of toys and then we had to deal with our imagination the rest of the time but now there's imagine you're a kid you barely have any time to play and process because there's a new one there's a new thing there's another cartoon there's another kids today <laughs> kids these days they have all these movies like we had 3 years in between movies to process and play and absorb and imagine yeah that's true I, and and we had our little figures and our yes. pen and paper but no I, I you know there's still the universe is so big in in the star wars universe that, that's why i like that's why i like the world so much lord of the rings the same thing it's there's so many different angles and again i i've watched the cartoon uh like two or three yeah. times through it it is um, you know, just like it's just like the TV show that they're going to make. It's you know episodic about characters that you you know you don't even know. Yeah, you know? there's actually like clone troopers. Part of the- there's clone troopers that I know. Yeah, uh, like fives and you know all these other characters that you you don't even know that they invented for the cartoon. Whom I really care about, you know, yeah. like like they did Darth Maul, for yeah, example. Yeah. Like I have a very complicated relationship with Darth Maul because <laughs> he's a very complicated character, and you're just like, oh, he's that guy who died in Episode One, right? That's funny because you know, in other things, in other IPs, other franchises, like Star Trek, take Star Trek, right? Uh, if you're a hardcore Star Trek fan, the range of between all the movies and all the TV shows and everything. The range of the canon is huge, yeah, right? There's yeah. so many characters, so many things. But to a casual, what do you call a casual Star Trekkie? A mm. cash Trekkie? Uh, like me? It's, it, I, I, I really appreciate Star Trek because it's simple. It's but just, how it's, often do you watch it? No, that's what I'm saying. It, to me, it's simple. It's only a couple of, of uh, people in a ship yeah. in one series. Yeah. I barely even acknowledge Picard. Like, you know, it's, it's easy. You didn't watch Next Generation? Barely at all. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I saw a couple of the movies. So when Next Generation came out on TV, you didn't watch it? I, it was playing on TV when I switched the channel. Man, when, I, when Next Generation <laughs> was on TV, me and all my friends were... Reli- it was, I think it was Sunday night. It, I think the episode's strange that came out on Sunday night, if I remember correctly. I mean, we, I think we talked a little bit about this, how... For me, the magic that I felt when I watched the original Star Trek was not there at all with the new stuff because the the old one looked like so foreign and so alien and the music and the look of it. And it was like, wow, I'm really looking at what this would be like for real. With Star Trek, the next generation was like a set. 
yeah. with people with modern sounding music and light and bright and it's like oh this is boring <laughs> <laughs> man i loved i loved and it felt like doogie hauser <laughs> yeah uh in fact drain drain loves next generation okay and he's trying to convince me to rewatch <laughs> it because because i haven't i haven't watched uh but maybe a couple episodes in the past like 15 years you know like um like and i also loved uh deep space nine actually yeah um but anyway all right Berto, what's the final word i liked solo or i should say i liked Alone, <laughs> lonely. Um, I overall, I will hold to my seven, but but I really enjoyed it, and I was pleasantly surprised because I really thought I was going to hate it. Yeah, it was a good ride. I mean, all of our yeah. negativity or all of our analysis, yeah. I think, is really just nitpicky and analysis. Yes. Yes. You really, to me, it's like it's a good ride. That it, yeah. it it keeps it moves pretty fast. And, and unlike, I know you know, but unlike episode eight. In episode eight, I did have moments where I was like, I am not enjoying this. I am not enjoying this. I didn't have those moments. In right. It's like the things you didn't like were... Moments. S- like little micro yeah, moments. Or yeah. Or a character that didn't or really decisions resonate. decisions that I did. Yeah. But yeah. the rest of it... Like that whole mining uh, uh, scene where L3 plays yeah. a pretty big role... There's a lot of things happening. Yeah, you got yeah. Chewy, and you got yeah. like lasers, and you got like you know yeah. escapes. So and- even if you don't like a little line here or there, it's and even the things like the things I didn't like that were like how he got his blaster and stuff like that, it it just bugs me. But it it didn't add or subtract much at yeah. all. Yeah, right? it was real it's fast. Just, you yeah. know, Beckett just you know yeah. he breaks down his his rifle yeah. and he gives him this gun, yeah. and uh, yeah. So the the last thing I should say is that Woody Harrelson I thought did a great job. Um, you know, sort of a uh, right down the middle performance. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed him. Yeah. But I usually do. He's usually playing himself. <laughs> and I liked the idea that Han Solo had a mentor who double-crossed him, yep. and Han had to kill him to, yep. to save himself. Like, his, like his, you know, Luke has a mentor like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Han has a different kind Han of mentor. Han has a different kind of <laughs> yeah. mentor. And it's great because, like, see... Sometimes in movies, they'll set it up where like... Because at, f- at first, Beckett paid no attention to him. In fact, he was abandoning him. He, du- he already double-crossed him to begin with. Right? right, right. He threw him to the wolves. Yeah. He literally threw him to get killed. Yeah. Like, that's what happened. Yeah. So, it's not, there's no love lost from the beginning. Yeah. And then in a, quote-unquote, more standard storytelling, uh, after that initial, like, bad start... Then they really bond, and then they're friends forever. And instead, like, no, he's still a scoundrel. He still threw him to the wolves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the only advice he has, like, don't trust anybody. Don't by trust the way. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good movie, uh, entertaining, and you know, just sit back and watch it, and you know, uh, enjoy your life, people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. You have no like solo kind of. May the deservedness be with you. And also with you.